All righty, guys, this is Jim Collins, and welcome to another episode of Journey to the Pit. Uh, we just got a little late start, but we're going to have a great show tonight. We got Bobby Rogers from Diamond Cutter Game Farms out in Oklahoma. Uh, we're going to get him uh, up on the screen in a second. So, you know, we got a little late start this morning, just had some technical difficulties. We were trying to get squared away and get, uh, get started. Um, so Bobby's going to kind of be in a little awkward situation because uh, we will be able to see him but he will not be able to see us, but he's fine with that. He said he'll get to watch the show later on, you know, uh, once, uh, once we're done with the interview. So, um, like I say, he's going to, we're going to kind of get in depth. The interview has been going great. This is the sixth interview that we have had in the, uh, journey to the pit 362 marathon. We were doing 10 interviews back to back to back. Um, and, uh, like I say, I think it's going to be, you know, it's been a great thing. You know, for the last couple of days, uh, we started it uh, not this past Friday, but last Friday. So I'm just waiting for a couple of people to come and chime on in. Just want to make sure the audio and everything is good. It looks like we got some people already in. We got people already in it. Everybody's already watching. All right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and get this interview uh, started. I'm going to bring uh, Bobby Rogers in from Diamond Color Cutter Game Farm located in Oklahoma. So let me go ahead and bring him on the screen so we can go ahead and get this show on the road. He's coming in in two, three, one. Bobby, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Mr. Jim? And, and I'll, I'll just ask you just one more time. So you can't see me, but we can see you, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. I wish it was the other way around. <laughs> well, we're going to make the best out of it, man. We're going to make the best out of it. Well, listen, um, so like I say, just kind of gave him a little background, but before we get started, you know how we always got to put that disclaimer out there, you know, so I'll say the disclaimer while you're on the screen. All information discussed in this interview is for historical, educational, entertainment purposes only. None of this information is intended for any illegal purposes, and all opinions are respective of the individual. So welcome, Mr. Rogers. It's a pleasure having you on the show tonight. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure you having me on. Thank you. Well, listen, uh, kind of, I know you have watched many of the episodes before, and uh, obviously some of the viewers know you, some of them don't. So we kind of always like to, you know, tell, a, tell the audience, you know, a little bit about yourself, your background and stuff. So that's kind of how, you know, we start these shows out. So pretty much everybody get a sense of, you know, who they listening to and who they watching. So taking a song back all the way to the beginning, are you first generation, second generation? You know, how old were you when you got into game well, foul? I'm a, I'm a third, but I come out of the womb uh, crawling into it, you know. So uh, I was raised by my grandparents, and you know I got the name from it, and uh, okay. that's who, who I got it from, my granddad. But uh, okay, and then I, hell, I, I've been fooling with chickens since I could crawl, and uh, okay. rolling in it and and whatnot. But uh, I was fortunate enough coming up through here in Oklahoma, uh, in and in '76, and I got you know, rub elbows with some of the greats like Smokey Wallace, whom I got some real good bloodlines from my Albany bloodline from. So, uh, wow. yeah, that's, that's, that's tenfold right there in itself, you know, cause that, uh, that right there, that bloodline just, has brought me a long ways. Right. Right. So you said kind of when you got into the sport at that young, so tell me this, uh, uh Bobby, is that the bloodline that your, that your grandfather had or. Is that something you kind of acquired when you came well, up in you it? No, that was, uh, that was, uh, you know, uh, my granddaddy didn't have that. You know, he had the yellow-legged hatch that, that was real uh, prominent with, and, and uh, okay. he'd he done real well with them. And I still carry that bloodline today, but 
you know, I don't, uh, I keep it for a keepsake and not, not for any type of commercial or anything use. It's just for me to keep. And uh, I might right. let some here go in there, but it was yellow legged hatch that really did that good. Okay. That okay. He had. Okay. That he had. So, so tell me this. So that's kind of like you say, you was kind of in the womb growing up. Those are the kind of birds you initially had, um, you know, exposure to. Um, tell right, me this being exactly. out in Oklahoma, we all we all know that Oklahoma was huge on the map for game foul competition. So, like you said, you got the rub elbows uh with some of the greats and stuff like that. Um, so tell me this, as what was you know, how old were you when you f- went to your first show? Uh, of my own showing, I was about eight, you know, uh, a little powder puff, you know, three, three caught, you know. So, you know, back in the back in the day, I was about eight years old when we went there and you know, and of course, you know, I'm on my knees not knowing what to do, but we gave it hell. Right, 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 right. So about eight, eight years old, huh? Oh, yeah. And I now, as old as I am, I don't get on them knees anymore. I'll just have a young guy get on it. And uh, I know that's and all right. that everybody, <laughs> And I'll get down and I'll start sweating and everybody starts smelling bacon. So I get out of there because they look like they want to <laughs> eat me. And, uh, so we don't want that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, uh, you said you stay from out of there, huh? You don't want nobody. They start, you start sweating and start smelling like bacon. You said, it's time for me to go, they, huh? They say, I smell bacon. I, I start looking around. I said, Lord, I need to get out of here real quick, like. But, uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> oh, that's amazing, dude. That's yeah. so funny, man. But listen, <laughs> so, so, you know, you're eight years old, you know, out in Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma was 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 a big haven for the sport, very stronghold for the sport. Um, you know, as you were growing older, you know, obviously you stand with your grandparents and stuff like that. You know, when did you acquire this other bloodline that you were just talking about? Well, the Albany was, you know, a, a, in 70, 1976, you know, from Smokey. Okay. And I was young okay. and then, uh, uh, I'd scrub, scrub water bowls and everything like that. And that's when I acquired them. But, uh, you know, I got other bloodlines from from reptile breeders. You know, the uh, uh, I was fortunate enough to have the Filipino connection in, in uh, California there and where I acquired them Jaguars from Laverne Barker, you know, and uh, I got them the, the real good uh, Cheryl Penny hatch, you know, that uh, come from Tomdale. And then. Uh, OK, so I've got some pretty good stuff and and uh, we do good with them. Right. And you kind of acquire that as, as you were just growing up and growing older, huh? Exactly. I, I get chickens here. Now, if I don't like it, I, I just kind of discard it. But uh, I probably got more in the encyclopedia wise that I just keep for keepsake, you know, and keep the butt line going. And then uh, mm-hmm. but then than anything else. But uh, my main chickens is, is uh, my Albany's and my hatch and uh, excuse me, and my I got in Kelso's and. Um, but I've got I got friends scattered here and I got friends scattered there. I've spent a lot of time in California, you know, because we was in horse racing. My family was and and okay. uh, and I've got some real good friends out there that we've done some trading and whatnot. And and then, right. uh, and then uh, heck, you know, I've done uh, did uh, almost 13, 14 years right there on the Georgia, Alabama line. I live right there in Heard County. And, uh, you know, and I met a lot of friends and helped a lot of people and right and, uh, re- really uh really got my stronghold down there when I was down that way and and right. did, did my fair share down there you know and uh right. hopefully I taught more than I than I learned but I try to learn all the time but hopefully I taught as I learned 
Yeah, you definitely did. I mean, that's how I even came to know you uh, was the fact that, uh, you know, guys were just telling me how much, you know, how much you taught them and how much they learned from you. So that's actually how I initially got to even know you and reached out to you way back then. It, it was because of that same reason. I had went to a GBA show, just a poultry show. And the guy sure. was like, hey, man, you know, Bobby Rogers and this and that. And, you know, start kind of giving me the history and, you know, how much you helped out and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, wow. So, you know, that's why, you know, we, we, we finally got you on the show. Um, you know, we, we we finally got you on the show, which is great. Uh, let me see here. Um, yeah, I so tried, Bobby, tell uh, me uh, this. Yes, sir. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I try to help any young person I come across. You know, today, you know, we was down this way today, and and uh, and I tried to help a kid out a while back, and he was there today. And uh, I just, you know, I just, I'm just that way. I try to share that knowledge every chance I get. You know, because right. I remember coming up, if I didn't have somebody to help me, how much I struggled, you know, and that was hard headed because I knew everything. But I thought I knew everything. I didn't know anything. Um, right. But right. Uh, and I got my and I got my butt handed to me, you know, and I'd look up the right. guys. And back then, you know, nobody would help you. You know, if right. you didn't have a if you didn't have a family member or something like that, nobody would help you. And that's why the big guys were big guys and the little guys were just giving their money to them. And, uh, right. But I've been on that side of it. But, you know, I had to and, 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 and I had to struggle that way and learn the hard way. A lot of things. But I said, that if I ever see young guys, boy, I'm, I'm out, I'll help a young person out anytime, even with right. Kyle or, or, or sharing my knowledge with them. And, and I'm a That's firm right. believer in that. I'm a firm believer in helping other folks. Right. That's it. That's exactly right. I mean, that's what it's all about. Um, you know, that's what it's all about, because, again, like I always say, when you withhold that information, you hurt the sport. Not only are you hurting that little young guy by not helping him out, but you're really hurting the sport. Because, again, it's so many, you know, so many guys that are still would still be in this sport and this culture if they just had a little help and encouragement. But, you know, a lot of times we get just so caught up into our testosterones and, you know, as long as we win it, we focus on ourselves. We're not realizing that, you ego. know. Yeah, you know, you get caught up in that ego. You know, it's like that book, Ego is the Enemy. You know, and when you really think about it, the ego actually hurts the sport. It's not really hurting that one guy because he can, you know, get rid of chickens and start go breeding dogs or start breeding llamas. But at the end of the day, you know, it ain't going to be nobody to compete against at a poultry show if everybody done quitting through the talent. So, you That's know, I exactly think it's extremely right. important, extremely important to nourish the sport. Build the sport and nourish it. Bring people, new people in, nourish them, help them get up. Because, look, all our days are numbered. And uh, and the only That's way this exactly sport is right. going to survive is always going to be on the backs of the younger generation, period. When it, when the younger generation get older, the sport is going to be on the back of the younger generation. So, you know, I think, you know, that they're probably one of the most important aspects of, of this culture is always going to be the younger generation. So, you know, hopefully with this journey to the pit, We'll we'll be able to take an active role in creating this this next generation. You know, getting exactly. them the information that we really think they should need and want, so they can make better birds. You know, for the next generation. So, I I agree with you a hundred hundred percent. And that's why the first time we talked, I wanted you to come on the show because I I really appreciated your mindset of saying, no, if there's somebody out there, I'll help them. Um, and that's what they talked about when I was down in South Georgia. They said the same thing about it. So. Um, yeah, I got some pretty good so, friends so, Bobby, out, out, kind of, people I helped out. That's right. You got a lot of friends out that way. You got a lot of respect out that way. And it all it, it don't become it ain't come from the trophies. It come from the fact that you were very open 
and very willing to help them out with a lot of things. Again, and some of those guys you helped out when they were younger, they doing pretty good today. You know, I met I some of them. Know. I seen some of them. <laughs> you know, they they doing pretty good today. So I think that that you know that's just a testament while why what you're doing you should continue on doing because people that's are listening. Right. You know, they, they, they are listening. And, and, and I think uh, to me, that's just a blessing when you're able to, you know, make a positive impact on somebody else's life like that. So that's exactly. that's a great thing. To me, so, that's what so, it's all about. That's exactly what it's all about. So, Bobby, let's go ahead and start kind of walking into some stuff. So, you know, you got your hatch, your Albany, those type of lines. You know, what is the oldest bloodline you have? My Albany bloodline. My Albany bloodline. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're just uh, they're a solid line, you know, and like I said, I was blessed to get them back when I got them from, from whom I've got them from. And uh, mm-hmm. they're just, uh, you know, I, and I crossed them uh, 20, about 22 years ago. I got some black law grays, you know, and um, right. and I, I, I bred them back and lined them out. And made it, It's about a five eighths, three eighths mix with the Albany and the black law. And uh okay. And it's a it's a formula that has been very 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 successful, in in, okay. in uh, across the world. Um, okay. But because I just love creating, you know, bloodlines from bloodlines. Because I to me purity is fine, but you know I want something that's gonna, you know, be on today's right. market and 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 uh, win blue ribbons today, not blue ribbons right. back then. Right. That's exactly right. So, so Bobby, since we're talking about that, you know, can you kind of give us some details or some ideas of, of, you know, what, what breeding concept do you have? Like what's your strategy? Do you do brother to sister, father over daughter, you know, son over mother, you know, wh- me, what, what let, type let of, me tell you, you know, <clears throat> you know, I don't, I mean, my sisters are pretty, but let me tell you, I wouldn't want to breed with them. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, let, let me say. I just believe, you know, you, you, uh, uh, for, for breeding a, a to set a family of fowl, like I like okay. to do is, uh, mm-hmm. as I'll breed the cross and then I'll breed back to the other three quarter quarter and I'll breed the other side okay. back to three quarter quarter and try to breed those offspring back together. And then if I, if I like how they set out, I'll breed it back to the other side to make them like a, I like to be a five eights, three eights, and then I'll line that out. You know, and to me, five eighths, three eighths, you can do it both sides, five eighths, three eighths. And a lot of people so, don't know how to get the five eighths, three eighths. You know, you got to have a quarter and a three quarter and a, and, a and, and vice versa. And you'll get the three eighths to the five eighths and um, right. to make a whole. So so you don't do any father to daughter or mother to son yeah. or anything like that. Once once I get the set, the, the strain set, I will I will okay. line breathe that, in that way. I will braid back. Well, you, in order to get a, to, to get the three quarter uh, quarter, you have to breed back to mother, son, or father, daughters. And okay. you have to do that. And a lot okay. of people don't understand line breeding. And, and, you know, I try to lend my, my, my mouth to them as much as I can and my knowledge on how to do that. Because a lot of people, they've been in it maybe longer than me and they ask me. And I'm willing to, to lend, it, lend them what I know about it and how it works. Right. But, uh, right. um, but I'll do a lot of that. And then a lot of times, you know, you're rolling the dice, but I don't like to roll the dice. I like to know right. what I'm going to produce, you know, and, and uh, once I get it to where I like it, then I'll line breed it. Right. And, and then by the line breeding, breeding you're starting to your family. Okay. Now go into some detail, Bobby, of what you consider line breeding. You know, is it niece to ne- oh, uh, 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 uncle to niece? Or- 
Oh, aunt and nephew, uh, uncle to niece, uh, gr uh, grandson to grandmother. Um, you know, and and uh, and those those to me, those are the ones that you don't want to mass produce. Those are the ones that you want to set as strain, so you can get you can get as many as you can of those pullets right. of that particular breed. Excuse right. me, that's Mexican food. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, and then once you get the single mated out of those, then you have you know uniformity in all your stags and you have uniformity in your pullets so then right. you can if you want to mass produce them you know you could put your five or six hens in with a rooster you know to to right. cross up you know to to mass produce right. but but i like right. to set my seeds first make sure my seed that i like is is quality you know right. i'm not gonna i have to have a quality stag or or a cock and, or, and vice versa or, or pull it they have to be right. what i'm feeling that i like and and on both right. sides in the hand, and they have to be in the in 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 the spar, you know. And uh, right. if I don't like it, I just don't do it. And um, just don't I don't do look. It. I don't so look. Start, so so you start off with the single mating, like you say, before you you know you yes. put group mating. You, you always start, start off with the single mate. Okay, to you set your to. string. That's exactly right. You have to do. It. If you don't do that, you don't know what's created what. And um and and. Right. To, you'll never be able to replicate that if you don't know what, how you started it. You'll never That's do right. it. You'll, you'll be, you will not be successful after two seasons if you do not single mate initially. And, and, I, and, I, and I single mate what I want for seed every year. And, and I'll start it late, but I'll start the, you know, my mass production stuff early because we want size okay. and leg and, and, uh, right. in, in, in by the fall. So right. the, uh, the seed stock, I'm not, I'll just, I'm just now starting to put those together. And um, okay, for seed stock. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So you you initially start out with the single mating, and then like you say, once you get it set to where you like it, that's when you know you can go ahead and start group mating. Okay. Well, tell me that's this. Exactly. Tell me this, Bobby. So let's talk a little bit a lot. Let's talk a little bit about you know what you look for in a and I know you said you got a couple different bloodlines, but let's talk oh. a little bit about and and I, and I don't know if the standards you know, confirmation standards are different on all, all the bloodlines, but let's talk a little bit about, you know, what type of things do you look for in a brood cock? Okay. The first thing I'm looking for, you got a good, good temperament. Uh, second, okay. I want breast. I like breast on a chicken. Okay. Uh, they can take and they can give if you got some breast. Um, okay. I got to have station because I, okay. I believe, you know, if, if you're, you're in a boxing match with somebody and he's got a, a 42 inch reach and you got a 24 inch reach who's going to get hit more um okay, okay. so and, and and sometimes you have to have enough but you can't have too much because they has to be able, be able to utilize what he has extended out and um so you got to be careful with that and then you, so you want to make sure you got temperament breast ability and station you know and if you don't have it you just to me breast is a lot breast is wing breast is power and you know and, and uh, it brings a lot in a chicken. It really does. And they can take more gotcha. and they can give too. Okay. So you definitely like to have that breast. Uh, you like to have a longer leg. Um, and it's, you said from a medium to a high station on them? Yes, I prefer. Okay. You prefer a medium to a high station. How about backs? Do you like wide backs or narrow backs? Well, you can come, you can come touch the backs of 99% of my, my, my file and, um, they're going to have back because back brings power. And, um, okay. Uh, and, 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 uh, it's just, it, it, uh, to me, it kind of goes hand in hand with your breath.
text and say, if you got, if you got this, you got this. And, okay. uh, and that's how it usually happens. But a back, back's power. And, uh, most people know that, but, uh, so, so, so how about wing length? I hear guys talking about they like a bird with long wings and short wings. What you think about that? Well, you Just know, before. to me, that's not, not so important to me. If okay. a bird can get up, then he's good. If he can't get up, okay. he's a duck. Um, right. You know, in, 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 and then, uh, but you don't want overly aggressive birds to where, you know, you want to go where your opponent's at. You don't want to go where your opponent's not at. And I see birds break out 10 foot high and the other bird's sitting on the daggone ground. And, right. and what good has that done you? That hasn't done you right. any good. So I like a little bit of brain in my birds, you know. Um, if okay. they don't have no brain, they're just all brawn. And then brawn usually gets gets beat. So, Right. That's right. Yeah. Them yeah, brains you know, will get they, you. Yeah, them brains definitely get you. That's kind of what we would – yeah. that's the, I, I believe that, and I believe these, these chickens are more intelligent than humans give them credit for. And, uh, and if they don't exactly call right. it intelligence, I, then call it instinct. We'll put it that way. If they don't want to call it right. intelligence, I just – feel as though these chickens got more instinct than, than humans give them credit for. Um, and that's how they survive. Right. You know, that's how they survive. If they see a tiger coming up top or they see something coming up top, you know, they're going to go down low. So uh, again, I just think they got more. And I think that's a part of breeding also, because you got some chickens out there that do got lessons in a bowl of cereal, you know, and it's just like, what do you, that's what right. is that thing doing? Like, do he even see the other chicken in there? <laughs> you know, it just make you throw your hands up. Like, what is going on? Like, oh, my God, you, you definitely can't breed no more of those things. That dude He's there is just, he ain't got no sense. Right. That's He's exactly counting the alphabet, right. I promise you. <laughs> that's right. So, so you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, how you and, – and, and I don't like to be, you know, like I said, I don't like to be redundant. But, again, it's a lot of people, a lot of viewers watching at different stages – so I try to get as much detailed information about every topic that we talk about, you know, because I don't want to leave nothing. On, you know what I'm saying? Nothing. I don't want to assume somebody already knows something. So. Right. Exactly just well. real quick. You, you assume know, so they do, but quick. not everybody does. That, that's exactly right. So you said you always start off with your single mating to set your seed. Right. Sure. That's you exactly three right. Five. OK, you do the three eights, five eights. That's the that's the that's, that's my the favorite. Yes. That's your favorite to set. Now, now, yeah. Bobby, tell me this. Can you give the viewers an example? Because everybody don't know what three eighths and five eighths is when it comes to chickens. So, you know, can you give them an example like saying, I got that stag over there. You know, he a quarter this, a quarter that, and a half that. And I mate him to this hen over here. That's that's three quarters this and a quarter that. You know what I'm saying? Like give well, give the viewers an example of how you create sure, a three eight sure. five eight. It's a it's it's a simple mathematics. You know that's why a lot of people get confused because they try to make it more rocket science than what it is. It's simple mathematics. Okay, mm -hmm. if you breed something that is uh, one family and another family, you breed them together. They're both half and half. Okay. Then if you take this. And you breed back to this side, to the, the original, the offspring of this, to the mother, it's going to be three-quarters of the mother and a quarter of the mm -hmm. father. That's right. Okay? And, and the same way the other side. Now, half of half of three of three quarters, you know, is where you fall back to the three-eighths. Okay. Okay? And then, so you want half of that, it falls back to the three-eighths, and, the, and, and then the other side is the, the five-eighths. You bring it up, you double it to five-eighths. And okay. then when you double it to the five eighths, you have five eighths, three eighths. It just takes gotcha. a little bit of it takes a little bit of breeding and in several seasons of breeding 
to get to the five eighths, three eighths. But if you just take a rooster as a one, a whole one, and a hen uh-huh. as a whole one, and then uh-huh. you cut them in half, you have a 0.5. So the simple okay. mathematics after that. I mean, okay. you know, half and half, and then you just add right. the three quarter because you added the half back to her and it made it right. three quarter. And, right. um, and then you can breed it again to seven eighths. Right. Because if you breed the offspring out of the, the mother's son, you breed the, the son back to the mother again, it's three quarter quarter. I mean, right. uh, seven eighths, three, uh, seven eighths. You know, see what I'm saying? Okay. To one eighth. And, okay. that, and that's what you did. You okay. take that seven eighths, one eighth, and breed back to the opposite side with the father that you did the same thing too. And then right. you bring them back together. Okay. And, and, and I wanted you to break that down like that because I'm pretty sure people will relook at this video so they can kind of get it, get it, you know, get the system down. In regards to how many years it takes them to do it, they first got to understand how it works. And then if right. it take them two years, three years, five years, whatever, how many years it take them to do it, that's fine. But I just want to make sure we gave them the information of how they can determine what percentages is on based on what they bred, based on what they started with. So sure. that's how my I just granddaddy, my granddaddy was a hard nosed guy. And he'd always say he'd always pointed his head like this. He said, better start using your old asshole. Excuse the language. <laughs> and he's telling you to think he's telling you to think, right. you know, and if you can think. Logically, that's all. That's all chicken breeding is—is is logics, you know, and mathematics for to get percentages. Just simple mathematics, and it's not very difficult. Everybody, you know, goes to school. I'd hope, anyway. You know, I mean, you you can add sticks together on both sides and come up what you need to come up with. Um, gotcha. Not to insult gotcha. anybody, I'm just saying. But it is simple mathematics, and people try to complicate it, and they don't need to complicate it. And that's what I I tell folks, man. You're 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 overthinking things. You're over. You know, just simplify it and, and you'll have better results. When you start right. overthinking it and try to infuse this and infuse that, you're you're right. just you're just making a hodgepodge of nothing, you know, and and, and years of, of wasted time. Years of wasted and time and a bunch of unpredictability. That's what I say. That's exactly right. Because un- you don't already know what you have. You don't know what you have, and then if you know what you have, you don't know what it came from, and you don't know how to remake That's it. Right. You know, because again. We only have limited amount of control over what genetics, you know, a animal get. But if you concentrated enough, regardless of what it throw back to, if it's concentrated enough, it ain't going to have no other choice but to go back to something that you put together. That's what I will always say. If they all scatterbred all over the place, you don't know what it's throwing back to. And it's like, well, you don't have any control over the genetics anyway. You're right. But if I make my pool so concentrated. Don't matter what it throw back to, it's going to throw back to that's, this right here because ain't nothing else for it to throw back to. You're, you're right, damn, that is that's 100% breeds, right. Right, if yep. you got 16 different breeds in there, you don't know what that mess is going to throw back to. And that's the reason why that I believe And if you're going to set that seed, you got to have it concentrated because you don't have any control over what genetics those birds are going to receive. So if you that's concentrate exactly right. the pool... If you concentrate the pool, regardless of what it throw back to, it's coming out that pool, which you has concentrated. But if your pool That's is right. diluted, you don't know what you're picking. It's like going to a river that got nine different fish in it or going to a fish farm that only got catfish <laughs> in that pool. You got trout and, in that and, pool. That, so and then so you no have, matter how many. And then you have no, no uh, uh, uniformity in any of your fowl either. When you start doing That's things right. like that, they don't, they're brothers, but they look like distant cousins, you know, and uh, that, right. there's no uniformity and you want uniformity in your, in your family that you set. 
So, right. but I, by adding everything, you're not going to have uniformity. You don't have it because you got no, too many it, things in there to to mess up. Right, right, and, and then that goes to abilities it. as well. Right. That's exactly that goes to all the traits, because like I say, you don't exactly. know what genes they, they're going to receive. So that applies to all the traits. And, and I do believe keeping it simple with everything. Uh, That's exactly you know, right. In, in, in businesses, like keep it simple, because the simpler it is, the more consistent you will be. When something is easy, you know, it's simple and it's easy is more consistent. When things become complicated. That's when a, the labor pool shrinks. You know what I mean? It's like, and that's why, that's that why I say you guys. Are, that's why I tell guys you're overthinking it. Just simplify it a little right. bit, and you'll do better. You'll be more successful in the long, right. in the short term, and the long term if you just simplify it and don't try to overthink it and and uh, and do something that's way above your your ability of thinking. Not to insult anybody, but I'm just being honest. You know, just right. simplify it. Right. You're overthinking it. And I get I get messages all the time. People, oh, how how do I breed this? How do I breed that? I said, well, you put the rooster with the hen. That's how you breed, right? And um, right. And and then but you and then you line that out. You breed the the the, the pullets back to the cock. You breed the uh, the best stag. I uh, don't not just right. any stag, but you want to breed the best one, the one that you like, the quality you like, back to the to the uh, mama. And then right. you go go on and so forth. And if you don't do that, you're just backing up, you know. And um, people can go buy all the bloodlines they want to buy, and and I see it all the time. And I and I'll, if they want to buy them from me, I'll send them to them. You know, you want five from me? Okay, I'll send you five families. But I'm being honest with people. I said if you want something that's going to work, you just get two families and you concentrate that into one, and you're going to be more successful than somebody that's got ten bloodlines. Right. Right. And so, I can tell I mean, you, you know, that that's exactly right. And I think a little bit is a result of, you know, and I'm guilty of this, too. You know, my term is is Skittles. You know, yeah, uh, you open yeah. up the back door, you look out <laughs> in a yard and you got a yard full of Skittles. When I used to say that a couple of <laughs> years ago, guys, <laughs> they thought it was funny. But it, I was, you know, I wasn't picking fun at them. I was actually picking fun at myself because I had a whole yard full of Skittles, you know. And, and what I call Skittles is, you know, I go out, you know, in Puerto Rico is perfectly legal, you know, back when I first moved there. And, uh, you know, you go to the pit and you see some phenomenal birds. So the first thing you want to do is I want some, you know. Why? Because, you, you know, again, you want to win. You want to do good. You want to have good birds. So you go to the pit. You see this phenomenal bird. I want some. Next thing you know, you get in contact or maybe you can even buy that bird. The next time you go to the pit on the other side of the island, you see another phenomenal bird. I want some. Before you know it, two <laughs> years in, you got 16. You know, you got you got some of everything. But let me tell you, yeah. it's the, 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 the crazy part about it. Is, and I think we all need to go through through that because sometimes. And, and I believe it falls back to being team. patient. I believe right. it falls back to being patient. If you're not patient, you're never going to get the outcome you're wanting. Patience. You know, and believe me, I hate being patient, but, you know, most of us are actually patient people. We have to be. We right. get them from baby ch out of an egg and, and grow them for a couple of years, you know, find out what how they produce. And um, so you have to have patience. And if you don't have right. patience, you're going to have an empty bank account and a yard full of chickens you can't afford to feed. That's and, uh, exactly right. <laughs> that's that's, that's it. Hey, listen, that's exactly right. And let me tell you how I learned my lesson. My lesson with the yard full of Skittles is, is once those are done, <laughs> then you back buying them all over again because you can never yeah. reproduce that stuff because you only got one piece of the puzzle. Like you don't have a mama, you don't got the daddy, 
you know, you ain't got nothing. So you only got one piece of the puzzle and you don't have anything on the yard besides obviously just another cross because you don't, this mess thing came from all over, the, even though they were great animals. I realized that I was just stuck constantly buying new stock every year to compete. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to invest some money with a good breeder that if I have any issues, you know, I can go back to him. Um, and I'm going to go there and I'm going to invest and buy some what he thinks is a good. And I could only afford a pair. I couldn't afford a trio. So I bought a pair. Then I went to another good breeder and bought a pair. And I asked those breeders, how do you sell me a pair? Because I this is what I want to do. I want to be able to produce my own stock to use. So this way they know if they're a reputable person, if they're honest, they're going to sell you the right hen and the right cock that they feel as though should be able to produce, you know, some uh, uh, exactly what you're working right. for. You know what I mean? So That's I went exactly there right. and I spent the money and it wasn't cheap at all, but I wasn't looking for cheap because I look at buying brood stock as investing in time. See, if I can go to that man and give him $2,000 and he can save me five years of time of trying to figure out how to make it right, then I just paid $2,000 for five years of time. I didn't pay $2,000 for two birds. I paid $2,000 for five years of time that he gave me. And I said, okay, so how do I, you know, these are the two. He said, yeah, breed these two together. Yup. And once you breed these two together, take a stag out of there, run it back to the mama, take a hen, run it back to the daddy. And it, it, and I uh, do that. Now, guys said, well, and everybody have their own opinion. Well, you go, I want, you should go and pick out your own stuff. And you, listen, this is just my, my belief in what I done. Not trying to convince anybody to do anything else. If I go to a breeder, it's because I like what I see that he produce, right? That's exactly right. So, so if I buy brood stock from him, I think he knows how to breed that brood stock better than I do because he's the one that produced it. So you would hope the so anyway. Well, hope. Well, I'm just saying, if he has a whole line of it and been doing good more than two seasons, sure, you know, exactly guys right. Doing, I'm not talking about going to somebody that's been in for two seasons. I'm talking that's about somebody right. who's been doing, been active for years or hopefully decades. So go to him, and when you see his foul do good in multiple people's hands, not just one one person, when you see his foul do good in multiple people's hands, because everybody don't take care of their foul the same way. So that's kind of my, you know, factors that I use. So I go and say, okay, well, how should I breed it? I'm taking advice from him because he yep, created exactly right. He created it. So that's going to save me time. If I leave his yard and then just start breeding these things all any kind of way I want to breed them. I mean, I'm not saying not to do it, but I'm trying to buy some time here. You know, I'm trying to save myself if some you, time. If you didn't get those pounds, just breed them to anything. You're just rolling the dice yourself, you know, because you don't know what you're right. going to produce. And that's, that's, that's right. a, where a lot of people fail at. A lot of people that's fail it. that way. I've seen it a thousand times, dude, by sitting back, keeping my mouth shut and watching, not watching what they say, not listening to what they say, but watching what their birds do. Because I yeah. always say your bird can show me better than you can tell me. I hear all that. I hear what you're saying. Let me see what that <laughs> thing going to do. That's all. That's all that matters, right? That's right. right. That's so right. Hey, your and bird it, will it, always show me. That's right. That is exactly right. Someday, hey, you're not going to get them all, but you, you should get the majority of them if you can, if your birds can back up what you what you're producing. You know, that's it. And, and, and again, like I say, you know, that's that's just 
um, you know, the methods that I believe in and just what I'm doing. Like I said, I'm not trying to convince anybody else, but that was my thought pattern behind going to a breeder, paying big money for a pair, asking that breeder, you know, how do you think I should breed these? You know, because, hey, you're going to have them, you plan on having them birds for years, so you can experiment later on. But right now, That's I got to exactly get some right. good out the gate. You know what I mean? Let me, let me right. go ahead and try to prove a method first. And then when I get enough of these on the ground, three seasons down the road, then I'll start breeding them to all different kinds of stuff. But right now, I need to get some of these right here. You know, what, what I see right. him producing. So, you know, and that's basically what you're saying, too, with all these different bloodlines and all that. You need to keep it simple. Start keep with it, this. Simplify it. Simplify it. Simplify yep. it. So, 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 Bobby, tell me this. Um, mm -hmm. You know, with your bloodlines, you talked about, you know, how you come up with your three eighths, five eighths, why you like that system. It has done you well over the decades, many different people hands. So, you know, let's talk about, let's start to move now to the chicks, the breeding. So we got the, how you pick out your brood, your brood pins. Now let's talk about your chicks. Do you use incubators? Do you do natural hatch? Uh, now I'll use incubator. I mean, cause natural hatch, you just can't raise the numbers we need sometimes through natural right. hatching, you know, so. Um, I'll turn the lights on. I used to turn lights on back here when it was legal, you know, it was November, you know, late October. So I can start, you know, get them going then. But now it's about January, 1st of January. I'll turn the lights on and, and uh, get the incubators fired up and, and uh, get it kicked off. But um, just to get the numbers we need, you know, in, in for today's people and whatnot. But uh, uh, you got to have numbers. And, and But then not only numbers, but you better have quality. If you want repeat, right. you better have quality. You can breed all the numbers right. you want. You can breed all the numbers you want. But if you don't have the quality, you're just you're just feeding chickens that you probably can't afford to feed. So start with the quality, but I will run incubator, incubator, and they're shut off now. Um, we're mm -hmm. probably close to uh, 1,600 hatch. That's more than enough for me. Now I got hen, I got hens everywhere, you know, on single mated um, mm -hmm. that, are, that are hatching or, or setting. And uh, okay. so I'll probably have another, I'll probably have another, uh, you know, three to 400 out of the, the hens uh, okay. set that I'm going to use as seed stock. Now, most of my seed stock will come, you know, through hen hatched because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the hens are naturally laying now and, and um, that's what I like to do. Um, right. And vaccinate, vaccinate, folks, vaccinate, 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 y'all. You all spend your, your time on your brood file. You spend your time right. on your money. And right. if you, you raised you a bunch of chicks, you didn't vaccinate them, you know, why? It's cheap compared to your brood file and all the money you right. spent on raising your chicks and you didn't vaccinate them, you're going to lose them or you're going to get merits or, or something, you know. I mean, it, it's, it's not worth it. Vaccinate. Vaccination is cheap. You don't have to inject, you know, for coccidiosis, you know, I'm uh, uh, the late, great George Foster, he even posted a video on coccidiosis, you know, get the vaccine, put it in the spray bottle, spray your feed, mix it up, and, and you, you're vaccinated for coccidiosis, you know? So do right. it, do it, folks. And there's so many medicines out there, man, vaccinate. I'm telling you, it's, it's why, like I said, why spend all your time and money and effort if you're not right. going to vaccinate? Because it will show up, I promise you. And then when they are sick, they are sick, and you give medication to get them better, I promise you now, those chickens are never going to be 100% of what they could have been had they been vaccinated prior to getting sick. So you wow. may think they're sick, but yet when you're two years old, 
you're not going right. to have 100 percent of the chicken you could have had. So vaccinate. It's it's wow. simple and it's easy. It's simple, yep. right? Okay, I got you. You definitely believe in vaccinating. Well, yeah, because you know I, I do a lot in the Philippines, you know, and if you do not, if you do not vaccinate, and when you ship there, they're going to get it. I promise right. you, they're going to get. It. They don't have the winters we have here in Oklahoma. That's uh, that's right. our advantage in Oklahoma is we get cold, cold winters. It knocks down a lot right. of diseases. Um, right. And then to the other side of that, when your chicks are growing in the summertime, we got hot, dry summers. And them chicks right. grow, boy. They grow good because now early they start out bad because of the moist, you know. But it, when it starts drying up, them chicks, they take off and they grow like like there ain't no other. And um, we're fortunate for that here in Oklahoma. Gotcha. But like you said, when you ship it foul all over the world, you don't know what type of situations that they're going to be going into. So it's best for you to go ahead and make sure they vaccinated because uh, Tonio – uh, was talking about that from the Philippines yesterday. Right. He said, man, it's, you know, they vaccinate for eight things, but he said, there's yep. guys over there that vaccinate for 16 different things. Yep. You're like, exactly what? He's right. like, man, and you got to vaccinate. You have to, especially if you're going to do, if you're even shipping, you know, to any tropical or even uh, parts of Mexico, down South Mexico, you know, I mean, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of diseases that are still prevalent out there that, that don't go dormant because it doesn't get cold enough to kill them off. And you're shipping right. foul down there. It's going to show up, buddy. And, uh, right. and then if you if you tell somebody you uh, vaccinated and they show up and the next thing you know, they got Merrick's, guess what? Well, you didn't vaccinate, right. buddy. I promise you. Right. Vaccinate. Right. Yeah, vaccinate. I right. promise. Vaccinate. You'll save right. you a lot of money and time, headache. You know, everything. It, and it's simple. It's really simple. You know, I seen Bobby Fairchild. He put a dang video out there as he vaccinates his chicks, you know, simplified. It's simply grabs them, sticks them, throws them, grabs them, sticks them, throws them. I mean, it's simple. Right. Do it, do it, right. do it, folks. Right. It's, uh, do it. It, it. Like I said, if you want to spend your time and money and effort on good brood fowl, raise your chicks up, and then they get sick. Why? You just wasted all that season. You wasted all that money right. for something you didn't want to spend 40 or $50 on. Right. That's exactly so, right. So, yeah, you know. I know. I got you. I totally understand it. And, and like I say, hey, we're not trying to convince nobody. You know, just take what you can take from it and and, and, and just keep it moving. But, no, I, I completely understand that point. I completely understand that point. So tell me this, Bobby. So kind of walk us through your your process as far as, you know, with your incubator. Like you say, you didn't hatched out about 1,600 so far. So, you know, kind of walk us through. They incubator, right? So you you, you, you hatch them out. Take us yes. from there. Once, the, once they hatch, what's your next step? What you do from there? Hatch, hatch vaccinated. And then, uh, well, hatch. Toe marked, because you don't want to mess that up. Toe marked okay. or nose marked, whichever mark we're on, they get marked, vaccinated, and mm -hmm. to a brooder. Now, I use I use a traditional type brooder. That way I was taught, and the way it's always worked for me. Um, mm -hmm. Go go find some old shipping crates. You know, I get I had some made, you know, but uh, get you some shipping crates made out of plywood and two bys, whatnot, okay? And and I, my, my floors are two by six floors. I cover it in shavings and, um, and then I have okay. heat lamps, you know, I got heat lamps in every single one of them. And, uh, okay. And I run them and they have a door that opens up. And, um, as okay. they start getting bigger and filling up the brick, you open the door and they have runs outside that door okay. so they can run in and out, in and out. Because once you start raising a bunch of them and they're crowded in there, I know uh, I've seen Mr. Mr. Jason Daniels, he uses them green lights and, 
I think Claude uses green lights too, but you know, I've always used right. the red heat lamps and, but to, to keep the pecking down, cause you don't want to start pecking, right. you know, or else you're not right. going to have good feather quality. So right. that's why I open up the runs, but here in Oklahoma, you better have a little bit bigger brooder because when you start early hatching, you right. better keep, you got to keep them warmer longer. Cause we can't open our doors up in February cause there is still freezing cold outside. Yes. Yeah, so freezing cold outside. Space, space for chicks is crucial in this part of the country. Um, cause mm -hmm. if you're cramming, uh, you're cramming a hundred chicks into something that's four foot by six foot. I, I guarantee you're going to have some serious issues with pecking regardless of what your right. method may be, you know, because as right. they get, they're just getting crammed in there. So we try to go a little bit bigger. Um, I like the four by eight, you know, and I get a hundred in there and then I can start opening the doors and they're running in and out like they're doing now. And they're everywhere. Believe me, they are everywhere. And, uh, and that's my best method, you know, and, um, and every once in a while I get some stuff from, uh, 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 Rick Hurst, you know, I order some stuff from him and, and, right. uh, I was getting stuff from, uh, oh heck, what's the, uh, that gum. I just got the. ESPN in my head. I can't remember shit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, no worries. No worries. But no anyways, no, y'all mean, I'll run, I'll run, you know, just a, a little touch up here and there. I just don't want them ever getting sick to even a little bit, you know, and a little bit of uh, coxie buster or something like that. It's not, it's not going to hurt them. They've been vaccinated, but you know, sometimes not all of them are going to take, but you don't ever want it to get a hold either. So you just run, you know, through there and, and, uh, and keep some antibiotics on hand because you never know, you know, blackbirds come through this time of year and they, they'll carry everything with them, you know, and they could be Black on your chicken yard and expose, expose it to chickens. And, and, uh, you know, uh, one year I had a whole mess of them blackbirds and I had Northern fowl mites like you wouldn't believe on everything. And, uh, wow. I found out the hard way. Yeah. I had, and then, and then the trick is Northern fowl. I hate to get off subject a little bit, but, uh, them foul mites, let me tell you what, they're so tiny and they get thick on a chicken and they're right on the vent. But a lot of people think it's just because of wild birds or something that come through, but it's a it's a double-edged sword because if you have a too high a protein feed, that mm -hmm. attracts them to it. That attracts them to it. That a higher protein feed, like I'm talking 20 plus percent if you're feeding that way right. or a meat-based right. product feed, it's going to be a higher right. protein. And them northern foul mites get attracted to that in, in, in real fast. And uh, you'll have a problem with it. So I like wow. that. Wow. Yes. And keep your keep your protein levels, you know, around 16 to 17% and you're good. Um, mm -hmm. You're real good. And I got a real good uh, feed mix. Most of them guys down there in, in uh, Georgia and Alabama use, you know, that I, that I, I got from Mr. Smokey Wallace and, I got his recipe and it's, and they sell it down there at the feed store. If you just go and tell me you want the Bobby Rogers mix and they're going to give it to you. Uh, wow. So well, tell, and, well, tell, well, tell me this, Bobby. So, so, you know, you got the chicks in there, you vaccinated yeah. them, you know, yeah. you run them, uh, you know, you, 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 you mark them, you vaccinate them, you mark them, you put them in a brooder. You said you like to have a bigger, a bigger, a bigger size brooder than an average brooder due to the fact that the climate in your area the, the chicks got to be confined a little bit longer than they normally will be confined in other parts of the country. So you go with a bigger brooder because what you learn, if you use a smaller brood, they start to get crammed up in there. That's, that's bad right. because they got to stay in there longer. It might work for yeah. somebody else, you know, might work for somebody else that can open up the door and let them out. But where y'all guys are at, it's so cold up there. 
you got to keep them in there longer. If they in there longer, it you runs a higher chance of, of them causing issues, especially with pecking feathers and that kind of stuff. So that's the method that's that you kind of exactly do right. why you got your brooders the way you have them, right? That's right. That's why I, I like them big and long. I mean, uh, it, it, four, four by eight is what I have, and I have a higher ceiling, that close to a four-foot ceiling on them. You know, and I say okay. that because, you know, daytime, daytime might get 80 degrees, and I might not be here. And if right. they don't have enough area in there with and if it's say it's it's 16 18 inches tall 24 inches tall it got too hot in that box right you know if, if it happened to get a spiked up day where it got in the mid 70s or something like that and the box is closed right. up and 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 i wasn't there or something and, and to do it so i'll get a taller ceiling to regulate that heat a little bit more so it doesn't get too hot in there if we have a hot day and uh gotcha. that's how i do it and uh, it works good okay. i mean i i i I shoot them out everywhere, left and right, and sometimes right. I, what the hell am I thinking? You know, I just created myself right. more work. But uh, <laughs> so, so but tell me this, Bobby. That. What? Right, that system. So, tell us. Let's talk a little bit now about you know the feed. What you start? What 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 do you feed them in a brooder? And, and as far as do you also do anything with the water? Well, I mean, I'll just put some uh, vitamins in the water. I'll use some Lixotenic, you know, because it's a real good uh, a vitamin supplement. It's got a lot of good vitamins in Lixotenic, and I believe in it. And, uh, you know, I'll use it through the keep whatnot. It's a, it's probably one of the best. But uh, uh, feed, um, I'll keep it at, a, you know, 18% medicated. You know, I just, I never want to, you never want your chickens to get sick. I hear a lot of people say, well, they told me not to use medicated. So, and then, and then I, but I vaccinated. And now my chicks are dead. I mean, right. uh, who knows? Who knows better than the veterinarians and the the people that put all those feeds together on what to feed chickens? Right. You know, right. I'm not. A, I'm not a, a a scientist to where I formulate all that stuff for right. for chickens. I let them do their job, and I'll do mine. And that's why I believe right. in the the, the, the medicated feed. Um, to each their own on it. It works for me. It may yeah. not work for you, but it works for me. And uh, but I believe in medicated feed. I do. And uh, one year somebody and, talked and, me out of it, and I lost about four hundred. Wow! So, yeah. You did, huh? Yeah, and it happens. I mean, because it just the I switched, you know, in the middle of the season on it, and it's kind of a shock to a baby chick, you know. And and uh, right. you hear it, everything's vaccinated, but you know, I just changed them all up, and they started getting droopy, and there I was like. I don't have coccidiosis. I mean, it, it, everything looks good, but right, I, I, I lost. Them. So I just, I'm sticking to what worked for me, and I'm gonna stay with with what works for me. And it may not work for one, but it works for me. So right, uh, I do what and I can do. That's right. And, and Bobby, what's the name of that vitamin again? You put in the water? Ah, secret. It's called Lixotenic, man. Um, you can get it uh, uh, through Revival Animal Health. It's okay. it's it's not for it's not for the people that that it's it, it's 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 pricey, it's pricey, and okay. they sell it in a in a big glass gallon jug, man. And I'll okay. put some of that in their water because it has it has iron, it has the B twelve, it has all the it's got all kinds of different vitamins you need that chicken needs, right. and that stuff. Let me tell you what, um, and I'll help folks out. Let me tell you right now. Right. Uh, in their keep. I got a, a buddy I've been talking with down there in Alabama. I've never met him personally, but he's, he, he's, he's bought some chickens from me and he's asked for advice. And, you know, and I'll be honest with you, he, uh, he said, we're struggling. We're not doing good in the shows and, and things like that. So I shared that knowledge with him on 
how to feed differently and put some of this in their in their I feed a wet feed. And uh mm-hmm. and he went from not doing good to hey, we won we won several. You know, wow. so uh and 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 you know he messaged me today, but you know, I was down at a little event they had going on today, so I didn't get a chance to get back with him, but he's doing right. better at it because of that, right. you know, uh uh because I that Lixotenic, you know, just give me two seconds. I'm gonna show you what the bottle looks like, okay. and uh, let everybody look at that if you can see it good. Yep, yep, we can see it. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, that stuff right there, that stuff right there, it, it, it uh, you know, I don't like to to brag on on people I learn from or not like that, but. You know, the, I got that that right there from a man here in the state of Oklahoma back when Legal won more derbies than anybody. And anybody that mm-hmm. knows who I'm, they know who I'm talking about. And um, right, and it, right. You know, and and they most people call him they they know him by GG is his initials. And uh, mm-hmm. he taught me that, uh, and he was famous for his roundheads. And uh, but in, <laughs> he doesn't need no credit from anybody. But right. that's where that that's where that come from. And that's some of the best stuff. Uh, that day is around and uh, for overall vitamin for chickens. For overall and, uh, vitamin. And I say that because feather quality alone, feather mm-hmm. quality alone in, in vigor in chicks is through the roof. Oh, it is, huh? Through the roof. It is. Lixotenic. It's good stuff. You know, and if if uh, if you happen to see me at a show and you've used it, just let me know. We can turn in together. And... um. <laughs> 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 I hear that. Oh my God, I hear that. So, so Bobby, so tell me this. So we got, we talked about, you know, using medicated feed. You know, you add that yeah. lexotenin in, in, inside yeah. that water. You know, we talked yeah. about the brew, the brooder size. You know, and why you have them, the size that you have them. Um, so then, you know, after that, is there any particular thing uh, you do? to them before you just let them on out to free range? Well, I mean, I'll go through, um, and you know, to, to not to be cruel, but I'll, I'll, I'll call a lot of the pullets, um, mm-hmm. you know, unless it's ones that I'm keeping for future breeding. Um, cause I'm not going to range, you know, 800 pullets, you know, and, uh, right. you know, unless I, and right. I don't care how deep your pockets are. If you want to range 800 pullets, that's on you, but you're just throwing right. your money away. Cause, that's useless as tits on a boar hog, and uh, right. but I'll call a lot, and I'll call I'll call defects before I free range them too. Um, I rarely get incubator too. I've I've got my incubators down pretty good through the years, and and uh, but I'll look for everything, any flaw, and I call I call pretty heavy, um, right? Because I believe if you, if you're gonna raise junk, you're gonna raise junk. If you're gonna raise quality, you're gonna raise quality. So let's just raise quality. It costs the same amount of money as it does to raise junk. So right. let's do it and do it right. And yes, right. it hurts to hurts my feelings, but I, I, I keep hogs around, you know, and, and, uh, and I recommend folks keep hogs around, you know, if you got mm-hmm. a space to keep a hog, because, you know, you get a lot of eggs that don't hatch. Um, you get a lot of dead, uh, biddies, whatnot. Right. And right. Man, throwing them in the trash ain't the right thing to do. Let me tell you what, you can turn that little bit of money you lost into some hog feed that'll 
put some food on your table. But anyhow, <laughs> that's right, another. Right. That's no, I understand. Topic. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Sure. That some people are in an area that they can have a hog. They just never really thought about it. But that makes a lot of sense. It might be something they need to entertain. Um, there ain't nothing in so, my place that stinks. I promise you. It, that right, hog's exactly. eat it up. I, I feed him. <laughs> I don't keep right, no decay in anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me this, Bobby. So you know, you said you cold. That that's a good. That's the first time I heard that. But so that and it makes a lot of sense. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to have eight hundred pullets out there. You know, free range. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so yes, so you Just go ahead and do money. your calling and all that before you let them on out there. So you pretty much you know only attending on free range and what you plan on raising. That's right. Well, I mean, I'll keep a lot back. You know, for customers want a certain thing, um, and and, I, and that's an exception. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and uh, and and believe me, I'm not in the market to sell, sell, sell. I mean, I, my first priority is show, okay. And but I will help anybody out and uh, and to 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 uh, sell them a few or whatnot. And I don't break their legs for it neither. I don't believe in that. Right. Um, to each their own on it. But uh, right, hey man, they're just a chicken. Right. Yeah, it's, it's my time and effort and and uh, all the work, hard work I put into raising them. But uh, it's still at the end of the day, it's just a chicken, right? You know, that's right. So that's exactly right. It, it's that's it's exactly not it's not worth more than gold. It's not worth more than gold because you can, you know, you can have that gold go on forever and it'll, it'll gain in value. You know, so. <laughs> but, that's right. But some hey, people, that's what it is. Some people think they are. Right. That's exactly <laughs> right. So. So, so Bobby, tell me, so we, you, you know, you call real hard this way. You're not out there feeding stuff that you don't plan on raising. doesn't make sense to have an overpopulation of pullets and stuff like that out there. So you call them, you look for any kind of defects, um, in, in, in any of the chicks and all that before you let them out. But you said you don't really have issues, a lot of issues with, with, with incubator toe and all that kind of stuff. You know, no, is sir. it, what, what, what would you suggest or like what, what has been your successful settings with that incubator? Moisture, 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 moisture. Um, if you live in an arid climate, <clears throat> saturate that incubator, brothers. It's uh, moisture is your, your actually is your friend when it comes to hatching eggs. You know, um, especially if you're living in an arid climate. You know, a dry climate here in Oklahoma, we're, we're Either way, I mean, it's depending on what day it is. We could have drier one day and humid as hell the next. Um, but I just keep it set, you know. I like it around 74, 75% at hatch at, in the hatcher. And, uh, and and I'll hatch out more chicks than than I want, you know. And, uh, and wow. you know, the, the hog don't get to eat some weeks because I hatched out too many. They didn't, they all hatched. And, and, uh, wow. But, uh, and, but moisture. You know, for instance, in the Philippines there, you know, my good friends there, you know, they don't have an issue with incubator toes, um, mainly because it's so humid. It's so humid. I don't right. know if you've ever been to the Philippines, but it's, it's real humid. Um, the well, humidity like level is unreal. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. It's just like Puerto and Rico. It's humid as I don't know so what, all year long. Right. Right. <clears throat> and that's what it is. You know, I mean, I've had friends in California that's hen hatched, hen hatched with a hen. And they came out crooked toes, you know, you know, it, some people say it may be genetics, but they, she never did. But they had a real dry year that year, you know, and, and, right. and all chickens come out crooked toed. So wow. if you've got, uh, if you got crooked toes, it tends to be the incubator. Now, 
several years ago when and I took a I was overloaded with them, so I took some to a good friend of mine. He's deceased now. He's a real good guy. Um, mm-hmm. I took him that because he's got a big hatchery down there, and and I took to him. And, but I had about forty forty percent because it was his first uh, first fire up for the season, and I had crooked right. toes like you would not believe. And he said, "Ah, wow. oh, we may have it off." Of, he said, "We may have it off a little bit, and you know." And and I said, "Hey, I had to pay sixty cents an egg for those." He said, "I'll give you the next batch free." I said, well, "What's going to guarantee that you're not going to have crooked toes again?" You know, so, right? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, I love right. May. Rest in peace. You know, but uh, right. Uh, but uh, it, it, moisture in the incubator gets you. You, I mean, I've seen crooked beaks from not enough moisture in the incubator. I don't know if anybody's seen. What? I've seen beaks. I've seen beaks look like this because of that. You know, through the years, I've seen it, and uh, I was like, "Lord, you have to turn that humidity up a little bit in them incubators." You know, if y'all gonna, if if y'all don't know how to use an incubator, I'm, I right. promise you, there's somebody in your area that can help you with it. Even the manufacturer can help you with it. You know. They got all the extra things you need for your incubator to set it to where you guys, even out of them styrofoam incubators, y'all, get get, right. get with them and make sure you got the right, so you got the uh, uh, hydrometer, you know, to check that water and moisture level. And and uh, you can get the digital ones for that, for the um, styrofoam if that's what you're using. Use right. it. You don't want to just right. throw eggs away and raise defective chickens because you didn't have enough water. Right. That's exactly right. That's so humidity is a huge factor when you use those incubators. That's exactly right. If you get it low, if you let that happen thing to run out, or well, most of us, you know, we use buckets on top. And to me, right. I don't, I don't, I won't use the bucket on top. You know why? Because I tell myself, you're just a lazy bud. If you have to use that bucket, you know what? Just get off my butt and go check them waters daily and you'll be all right. That's what I do. Right. Um, right. Because you know, I believe in putting in 110% effort. And then that, to them, if I don't put in 110% effort, what do I expect back? Right. So, I got you. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And and, and it is yeah. more guys, too, that are trying to uh, go to the incubators also. And not because of even on a mass production is because sometimes the smaller guys want to be able to hatch as many as they can. You know, if they That's if right. they only lay 48s. They want to try to hatch all 40. It's like, I only got 40. You know, I don't have 400. You know, I only have 40. And my yard is small. And I need all 40 to make. Because, hey, all of them ain't going to be stacked. That's the thing also, too. So they're like, I need to hatch all of them. Because even if all of them do hatch, they all not going to be stacked. So I need to hatch all these eggs. Um, I can tell you, I can show people tricks with them incubators. You know, I've been fooled with them for a while. But I don't want to mess up no young guy on an incubator, but I can show you tricks on how, you know, you can say what you want to say, but I can get more stags than I get pullets. And I can guarantee you can come to my place right now and you'll see about a 70 to 30 split stags versus pullets. Wow. Well, that's something I'm going to be messaging you on because I ain't got no time for no whole yard full of pullets. <laughs> I just don't want to mess up some young folks, man. You know, <laughs> I'm only, uh, only going to be hatching about 40, so I need all 40. <laughs> I need the highest percentage I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, some people may say I'm full of shit, but, you know, they can say I'm full of shit because, but I know it works. So, as long as you keep doing a 70 30 split, you don't care what nobody's saying about you. As long as I know 70% out there is stacked, I don't care what your opinion is about me. Right. I, I mean, just, just, 
just raise raise them, man. I mean, uh, I'll get an incubator, a new one or something like that, and I'll forget to adjust it where I like to get it. Next thing I know, I'm running a 50-50 or, you know, I got, damn, I got more pull. Oh, shoot, I forgot to do my little trick on that fine-tuning, you know. And, uh, right. Uh, it, it, but it, there's a trick to it. You know, they say when a hen sets, right, the, uh, the hen sets, the top eggs tend to be warmer, hotter. Okay. Than the bottom okay. eggs, which is which makes sense. You don't have to be a scientist to figure that out. It makes right. sense because you're, and and the top eggs tend to hatch first, and the bottom eggs hatch later. And okay. uh, but the ones that seem to hatch first are the ones that are closer to the moment that are warmer. They gotcha. tend to be stags. They tend to be stags. So and, that's uh, the inside it, scoop right there. If they die, if, if they you, reverse engineer what you just said, they'll kind of figure out what they need to do to get more exactly, stacks. Exactly. And, and I say that, and I say that if you don't believe me, get you a, a spiral ring band. Mm -hmm. When you have a hen hatched and you just notice her hatching, get the first one that you've seen hatched out and put a spiral ring band on it. And let me know what that stag is. I already told you what it was. It was a stag. But you'll find out right. your own that it's a hay because it was the egg that was closest to the hen that's got the most warmth produces the stag. Got a, you. Got I, you. Did, I didn't create it. I just pay attention and observe. Got you. Got you. That's the A. Hey, that Listen, all of this kind of information is, again, that's why I say I don't like to be redundant. I know sometimes guys think I'm beating a dead horse, but <laughs> it's always somebody watching who don't get it the first time around. Or they need you to explain it a little bit more different for they to understand it. Because, again, I'm trying to make sure that regardless of what type of style of learning you have, you'll be able to learn from these interviews. That's my that's whole right. goal. That's so, right. so, so, again. That's why I said it's, it may not be for everybody, but it works for me. And if it, right. if it works for you, well, by gosh, I'm happy I could help you. That's right. That's exactly right. So so you got the incubator. We talked about that, and that's good. And I wanted to go back to that because I know we, had, we was already up at free ranging. But when you said incubated, I wanted to kind of jump back to that so you can give these guys <laughs> some more detail. And, guys, sure. if you reverse engineer what Bobby just said, he kind of pretty much gave you the answer. If you need to watch the interview two or three times to really get it, then do it. Please don't message me and ask me to give you the answer because I'm learning it just like you learning it. We all learning this together right now today. So don't message me saying, hey, Jim, well, now what did he say? No, 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 no. I'm not doing that no more. I'm going to tell you to go back and watch the interview and just watch it over again. So, so Bobby, so let's let's go ahead and keep it on because we're already over an hour. And I know you, you don't feel like it, but we're already over an hour on the interview. So oh, I was trying to be out. I was trying to beat El Chicano. Arthur, no, Contreras, you know, man. I was trying to beat yeah, him. Yeah, you know that, that El, El He'll be coming back on the show. We're gonna have we're gonna have El Chicano on the show with his student, man, that he was mentoring. Those guys yeah, have done a I great, great, too. great job, man. Yeah, I yeah, met that boy down there at Gators as well. He's a good kid. I liked him. I really did. Yes. He is, man. He's a very good kid, man. I mean, you know what? And not to jump off topic, guys, and I'm not gonna spend but five seconds on this, but man, down at Gators Barbecue, to be able to have you know, 90% of the students and the mentors there and to hear the stories face to face and to see the relationships that those students had with their mentors to me was just life changing. I mean, that gave me so much happiness. And, and I had to be honest, I never thought, 
you know, I know what I wanted the program to be, but I never thought it would have that type of impact on both individuals, not just the students, but also the mentors, too. And to see the relationships that those guys have now, it's like it was unbelievable. It was so right. much of a gift to and, me. And to I want to say, I want to say one thing to that. Hey, Jason, Jason Daniels, thank you very much. That was a that was a great event you put on down there. It was excellent. Yep. That was Thank an excellent you. event. Even with the bad weather, man, it was a beautiful thing. That's all I can say. It was hey, a beautiful it was still thing. Down there than it was in Oklahoma. Right, right, right. <laughs> Some of the weather, the weather down there. Yeah, the weather was down there was still warmer there than it was in Oklahoma. So I was fine with it, you know. Yeah, so, uh, it just rained a little was... bit and we couldn't be out and about. But, you know, it was all good. It forced all of us. To actually really uh, uh, engage with each other because we were all had to be inside the barn. So it actually worked well, hell, out that's better. What I, you know. That's what I was there for anyhow is to engage with yep. folks, you know. Hell, I yeah, mean, the I free food was nice too, but, you know, I, I, that's obvious. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed the fellowship we had. And that was that was real fun. That was a lot of fun. Yes. I, I plan on going again this year. Yep. You know, if the old truck, if the old truck's got a he good enough suspension to haul my fat ass down there, we'll be there. <laughs> Well, listen, Bobby, so let's go ahead and keep it moving. Um, so, guys, y'all, he talked about the incubator, you know, talked about the design of his brooders, why he have them like that. And obviously, you know, he explained to you why he have them like that. So this way you can kind of figure out what will work for you based on his concept. You know, he go with a higher roof because, again, you know, it, it tends to regulate the temperature better. You know, he go with a bigger brooder because out in Oklahoma, you know, they have to be inside longer. You know, they can't be turned out as early. So that means if they're in there longer, he want more space for them to minimize the feather picking or any kind of issue. So, you know, all these kind of things, guys, if you take the time and listen to him, he's not only explaining what he's doing, but he's also explaining why he's doing it. And then if you understand a why, you can adapt it to your situation. You know, obviously, if you only got 30 or 40, you don't need a brood as big as his. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, you might not need one with as high ceiling and, 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 and that kind of stuff because, you know, your, your temperature, your, your weather in your area might be different. But at least he, under, he explained the why. So then understanding that why, you can cater it to your situation. So, uh, uh, again, guys, you know, Pay attention to a lot of this stuff, and I know sometimes it might not be the topic that you want to hear, but you'll be amazed at what you can learn when you just listen to all of it. Not just some of it, but all of it, because you never know. You might run into this situation two years from now or five years from now and be like, man, you know what? I remember somebody saying that five years ago on an interview. Let me try this, and it might work, and it might work. So, um, Hey, my that time is chicken's ass. Say it again? My time is chicken's ass. Remember that. So spray it and get rid of it. Mice on a chicken's ass, huh? Well, <laughs> well, you said it might it might work, and I just you know being me, I had to say mites on a chicken's ass. Chicken oh, folks okay. know what I'm, I'm talking about. I'm about to say mites on a. Well, listen, guys. Another thing that I liked also too was the fact that you said you do a lot of hard culling. Um, because you don't intend to be raising anything, you know, you don't intend on feeding anything that you don't plan on raising all the way to full. So, you know, that's another good topic. I mean, another good point is to do a lot of your culling from that brooder. You find any defects or anything you're not happy about, cull them. Um, you know, and the guys, anybody who can identify a stag from a pullet, you know, you need to start doing some more research and learn how to do that. Because some guys, 
you know, they need birds to be about five months old before they determine if it's a pullet or if it's a stag. So, you know, that's that's that can save you, you know, three or four months of, of feeding less chickens if you learn better how to identify a stag from a pullet. You know, and if it doesn't make a difference to you, then, you know, do whatever works for you. But that's just something to think about. You know, Bobby likes to unless you're raising, a lot of color. Unless you're raising gallo gallinas, you know, I mean, uh, then they're all pullets looking, you know, uh, hennies. Yeah, but, right. But in Spanish speaking, they call them you know, gallo gallinas, you right. know, and uh, they're just faggot chickens. But, you know, teach their own. You're right. But they good chickens, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate. I've had some. I've. I've had some, you know, and uh, hey, and like I said, said once I, you go, I, I, no, once I you go, Gaina, you never go back. If you find a good Gaina, <laughs> I tell you what, man, you'll never go back, man. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had I had some of them, you know, and they, they were pretty good chickens, you know, and I and I bred them into the Albany that I have, and I, you know, bred it back to Henny, try to get more of that Henny blood, and man, I felt like a daggum pedophile taking them chickens to the pit, man. I was like, man, I'm taking a bunch man. of to each their own, man. But I, that uh, me being me, I said, man, I just can't do this no more. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I believe Mr. Araneta he outlawed him for the world slashers, was my understanding. Yeah, they did. He yeah. Him- yeah, they did. Yeah, so, but them, them, hey, I was talking Tony on yes, we had Tony on yesterday. He said, them, them birds out there are beasts now. You know, they, oh, might, yeah. they might look crazy, but them right. things are a beast, and they better ban them. They better ban them. They'll come in and take that trophy home every every year. So That's exactly right. Them. You're exactly right. <laughs> I took some up to Kentucky one year, you know, and uh, and and I don't know if they were laughing, but I was an underdog, but we had some pretty good hennies, and we did good with them. So, uh, But I think that was the last time I, I wanted to fool with them things. I said, Lord, I just got, you know, I got better things I could be doing besides fooling with yeah. these damn chickens. I, I, I love hennies, man. I, I, oh, love, they're, they're, I love They're hens. gorgeous, you know. I remember one year we was out there in California, and, and we had some of them. They were gray hennies, you know. And let me tell you what, them jokers, they, they were whirlwinds. And, uh, That's right. Uh, especially if you get a rooster cutting his wing at it, you know, well, you're dead, buddy. <laughs> so That's right. Hey, man, I'm telling yeah. you, man, I know in Puerto Rico they got some good ones. I have a good one. And uh, he put me on a map out there. And, and again, like I said, if you get a good one, it's nothing like them. But Antonio said, uh, you know, in Philippines, they got a lot of good. They're a lot better than he said they were in the early 2000s when they first came there. He said, on things oh, now, yeah, can give it and they can take it. He's like, when they first yep. came here, they could only give it. They couldn't take it. It would just fall apart. He said, but now they can give it and they can take it. So that's an amazing thing. Um but but also so now we moving on. Let's move on because you know I know we'll be at two hours and we still have stuff to talk about. So we you, we do the hard culling, you know, before you let them out. You know, free ranging. You know, obviously you bring them back in when they start acting up and that kind of stuff. So what do you do when you bring them back in? You know, obviously you put them in fly pins. I mean, not in fly pins, but you put them in pins. And you got to pull them off the yard, correct? Oh yes, that's. I mean, you have to. And, and and when you start seeing any sign of it, by gosh, if you've already got some in stag pens and you didn't get the rest of them, you, you're just going to lose a bunch because they're going to start going fighting through wire and things like that. So um, the first thing I do is I'm going to identify what we got. I'm going to de-louse de- and worm them, and I'm going to put them in uh, the stag pens according to their toe marks so I, I don't have them all staggered out across the whole damn place and have to – run over here to see one, run back over here to see another one. I want them organized a little bit so I know 
where they're at, you know, and, uh, right. and walk, watch them grow side by side. Right, right, right. So you get what size are your stag pins? Uh, four by four. Okay, four by four by four. Yes. Yeah, I use the okay, old style. I don't use mm-hmm. the, the Mexican pins like most folks use. You know, I, I still build my pins. Uh, okay. You know, I use a pressure treated two by fours, four by four square. Okay. Uh, roll, roll wire across the top and the front two four foot pieces on the back and the front. And I use that gum house wrap. I find it to work the best for Oklahoma because the wind we get and the, the hot summers we get, it's white and that stuff don't rip in the wind and it doesn't attract a lot of the heat in the summertime. So they do a lot better that way. Okay. Okay. So you use the white house wrap, right? Yes. And then I, I don't put my perch up high neither. I put my perch three and a half inches. I said it on top of two before. And for the perch, I used to actually use uh, landscape timbers. And I find those to be the best because, you know, they got a little curve in them, good for roosting on right. the chickens. And, and, uh, and the, to me, and they're cheap, too, you know, you don't have to spend an arm and a leg for them. But I'll use the I use the landscape timbers. And on that, because of the wind we have here in Oklahoma sometimes, that adds more weight to the base of your pin so that pin don't blow over. And um, right. believe me, if you start, putting your, you start putting your perch up high here, and when we get them 40, 50 mile an hour winds that come out of Tucumcari, New Mexico, or from Mario's right. place or something, I don't know. But uh, right. uh, them, I've, I've had stag pins blow slap over, you know, and then you got a big disaster. Then you just lost four or five or six, whatever many it got. So, right. but I'll use, a, I'll use that just for, you know, it, it works for me because it keeps the weight low and, and uh, the wind goes right through it. And so it works good. That's right. So you keep your perches low, huh? Yep. Yep. Well, see, on top of the, the good thing about keeping your perches low also is uh, a rooster, when he gets on a perch, he's going to flap his wings. Mm-hmm. And I used to put my perch midway up, but then I always noticed the tips of the stag's wings would be uh, broken or something like that. So right. I said, well, I'll fix this daggum problem. So I started using the landscape timber and set them right on top of the so actually, I killed two birds with one stone because I put the landscape timber down low, which right. put my center of gravity lower so the wind can't blow them pins over. I don't want to stake right. down hundreds of pins, man. That's just, oh, my gosh, because I move my pins regularly. Unlike some folks, they do it their own right. way. But I move my pins green grass all the time. And right. uh, okay. it's a lot of work, but it's a rewarding work. Right. So, so with that, that means, so that answer, I was going to ask you, next question was, do you have any bedding uh, inside of your pens? And obviously you don't because you just keep constantly keep moving them to fresh ground, right? And, and that's why I didn't, I don't use sand. I know a lot of folks that, you know, when we got three and 400 pens, believe me, it's not easy to move them. Right. But like I said earlier, I put in a hundred 110% effort. I believe in right. that. I, I, they're not going to meet me halfway if I don't go my halfway. And my halfway right. is 110%. So I want them to, I, and I put them on fresh ground. I mean, once a week, every two weeks, I mean, depending on how much grass growth we've got, usually come spring, summer, like right now, I've already mowed twice this year and it was this high. And, you know, when you get on chicken yard, it's well fertilized. And uh, it's almost wow. like when politicians are in town, it's well fertilized because they're talking a lot of shit. So, that's exactly uh, right. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> why. Shoot, uh, DC should have the tallest buildings and the tallest trees in the world over there. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but I'll, I'll move my pins regularly, you know. And uh, right, um, I got a I got a, a Mexican boyfriend of mine that uh, 
he's gonna he's gonna bring me a hundred of them stat them pins this year, the Mexican pins, and and okay. I'm just kind of reluctant. I'm reluctant on you know changing what I've done, but I'm gonna make them the same way I've done my my dumb over pins, you know, and and uh and and move them regularly, you know. I'm gonna put a base right. in them and and whatnot. So we're gonna see how it works, you know. He give me a good feel on it. Right, but, right. That's exactly but, right. So. So now we got um, w what I did, what, what I think we kind of missed a little bit is uh, we didn't talk about worming. You know, when do you start your worming pro program and what kind I of mean, worms I'll you use in that kind of stuff? Uh, baby chicks, you know, I'll put it through their baby chicks, through their waters. Um, okay. Uh, what's the hell the name of that stuff? I, uh, from Gem Labs. I get that stuff from Gem Labs, you know, and okay. uh, it works real good uh, in the baby chicks water. Um, mm -hmm. and then, uh, as they get to stag level, let me see what I got over here. As I get to stag level, you know, hit up, hit up Rick Hurst. Rick Hurst really, Rick Hurst really does a lot of good things for us, y'all. And, uh, and, and ever since I started getting those from Rick Hurst, let me tell you what, I, I know they come from the Philippines, but them's the best daggum worm pills I've ever used. And, and, and I use them, believe me. And, um, wow. I've, used other, I've used other people's. Mm -hmm. You know, from different suppliers, but I'm going to be honest with you right there for a pill that you have to give that you can't, you know, because you can't give chicks a big pill like that. Right. I use them pills and, you know, anything big enough to take it and right. their head, their heads will turn bright up. They'll brighten up on you. And uh, wow. I, I'm, I'm impressed with them. And in fact, I just ordered some more from Mr. Rick. So uh, they're, they're pretty good stuff. They're pretty good pretty stuff, huh? Yes, sir. It's some of the best I've, I think I've ever used. Not believe me. Back when we had, we could get the good stuff here in the United States, uh, that, that that stuff right there is probably just as good or as equivalent to the good stuff we used to get. You know that wow. we can't get anymore. Okay. So that stuff it does work. You know, I mean, I'll give credit where credit is due, and those things right there, I'll give them credit because them things work. Right. And, uh, they work, and I've huh? used them all. I've used them all. I've tried everything. And, and uh, you know, you can watch your chickens. and uh, But now you get on the worming program, you know, I uh, I worm. I mean, as a hot summer coming on, spring, summer, I'm 21 days. And uh, Every 21 wintertime, days, time I can slack off. Um, okay, wintertime, you slack off a little bit? Well, you can because, see, most things when here, it's cold. It's freezing. So most of your parasites and things are dormant. And um, so you don't have to worry about it as much. Now, if you're in the Philippines or, you know, down south Mexico, you, you better you got to be on a 21 day cycle on your stuff because your your uh, parasites don't go dormant in those places. Right, so you really have to right. use you have to use them consistently. Um, consistently. Now, mm -hmm. Yes. And, and, and just like here, it was starting to warm up here in Oklahoma. Heck, I think the other day we set a record at 94, even though it cooled down a little bit today. But uh, parasites are going to start getting pretty prevalent. And they're going to be, you know, something you got to you got to be on top of, you know. That's so. right. That's right. So. So, Rick, what up, man? Not Rick. You got me talking. Think hey, about you, Rick can call, you can call me anything you want if you're buying dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, buying it tonight? So I got to call you by your name. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, Bobby. Tell me this though. So what other what other, what do you rotate your wormers out, or or you just kind of been? Well, you know, I, I'll from I got some from Tony Junior as well. I got the UVL 
stuff from Tony Jr. And um and and I'll rotate it. You know, uh, I'll use one one time, and then I'll use the other stuff twice that I got from Rick Hurst there. And um, I just noticed a huge difference, you know. But I, I don't want the worms to get to the point to where they're you know immune to something I've given them. You know, right. granted, I don't have a I don't have a huge outbreak. You know, I ain't got worms or bugs yeah i mean you're going to get them at some point in time but i just noticed a big difference in those ones right there that i use yes i do use the ones from tony jr as well the uvls and they tend to work pretty good and just like the other ones that i use or the stuff i use from gym lab the liquid the passagem and forte that's good that's a good worm medicine too it's a liquid um you can give it however you want to get it but you know put it in the water mix it in or you know put a little in a syringe and put it down the throat whatever you want to use it but it works just as good um, but for for uh, for for quickness and things like that, for a good pill, you just right. flop it down his throat and you're done. You know, and, right. and uh, it's it's a lot easier when you're working hundreds of roosters. That's the only way you need to do it. I mean, for me, it's just it's it's a lot easier that way with the pill than right. versus the liquid. That's right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So we talked about that. So the stags, you know, um, you, you worm them out. Now let's talk a little bit before we even move over to the cocks and stuff like that. Let's talk a little bit about your feed. You know, you talked about your Bobby Rogers mix, you know, let's talk, you know, let's let the viewers know what that mix consists of the protein, you know, levels. And do you feed the whole same feed all year long or what? So let's first start, you know, let's talk about your feed. Sure. Definitely. The first thing you want to know is, you guys, is is the feed that you feed on the yard should not be lesser than the feed you feed through the keep. You don't want to put your roosters into a a, a, a thing to where it changes their body so much. Mm-hmm. So you want to use a consistent feed. Now, mm-hmm. when you go to my feed, first we have corn, whole corn. We okay. have uh, rabbit pellets. Okay. Half manna. Uh, laying pellet, 16%, mm-hmm. dog food, 20, uh, 20% or, or not 20, uh, 21% dog food. It's got mm-hmm. the, uh, racehorse oats. I like the racehorse oats. They're a little bit bigger and chicken. Mm-hmm. They tend to like them too. Um, mm-hmm. and then we got the wheat. I don't use a Milo. The Milo to me is a filler and it will get hens. If you want hens to go set and feed a Milo, I don't feed Milo. That's the last thing a chicken eats. If you ever feed chickens, you'll see it in, in your feed. Milo is no good. But uh, wow, and, and yeah, Milo is just a filler. And uh, you can go to your feed meals and anything like that. They're going to tell you it's just a filler. So, and uh, but I've got wow. uh, I use that mix. It's got the seven different uh, black oil sunflower seed in it as well, and all. And and okay. then uh, you can uh, some Australian peas. If you can get some northern Canadian peas, that's even better. It's a harder it's a harder pee, better. It makes right. the gizzard work a little bit more. Um, okay. And, uh, and, and that's a ticket, but, uh, that, 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 that mix, uh, you can get it from Daniel Jackson feed mill right there in Ranburn, Alabama. And, uh, they have it on file. Just tell them you want it. And I promise you, uh, it's, it's, it's not an expensive feed to feed. Right. And they'll right. mix it right up for you. And you tell them how many pounds you want, they're going to mix it for you. And, uh, and I have a lot of people in that part of the country that, that get, will get that feed and uh, they swear by it. And well, I do too, but uh, it's a good feed mix, you know, and, and it works, it works and it, it works and it works. And uh, right. but then I've had on the other hand, you know, not to change it much because I'm not going to, but um, 
I've had, you know, friends tell me, you know, why don't you just feed a pellet? And well, uh, a good friend of mine, and I won't mention his name, but a pellet. And he said, you know, them 20% pellets, you know, those things, the breeder pellets. Uh, he said, you know, everything a chicken needs is in that pellet. And if you stop and think what he's saying, he's right. Because those are formulated by people that are smarter than you and I. And uh, right. about chicken science, you know, and what chickens needs are. And that mm-hmm. actually, them pellets actually have everything a chicken needs in it. You know, and, and uh, right. but but we're we're not in that game for that. We're in that game to work a gizzard also because a grain works a gizzard, and uh, right. And, and, and you want to you want to you want to work the gizzard, and yeah. a pellet don't work the gizzard. Right, right. But I tell you what, I know, I know, and there's one person that sticked to my mind, and you know he is extremely tough, and all he feeds is that pellet. That's all he feeds. That's all he feeds. Yeah, and if you can't convince him to feed nothing else, and nope. honestly, by the way he performed, I don't blame him. I wouldn't, it, you know, it, it I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything. It, yeah, it I works. know it, I know it works. I know it, it works. works. I, I, I've it's seen cr- it firsthand. But you know what? I did that in Puerto Rico. But the one of the reasons I stopped doing it was first, I was I lived in the city, and I had fifty-two birds living in the city. And those pellets make they poop stink so yeah. bad. I don't know it what's in out. it, but good God Almighty, I don't <laughs> care what. <laughs> Man, you know if they don't look, the people don't complain about the crowing. They complain about that smell. It's like, what are you raising back here? Like, you got elephants, you got elephants and llamas back there. It's like Jesus Christ. Oh my word! <laughs> like, and yeah, that's they, what, they that's tend the to blow out pretty it. good. They tend to blow Man, out on the They do. It blows them out, and I'm talking about it. Smell like death. It smells like death. And yep. all it takes is one gust of wind. It's like, Jesus, I wanted to eat my <laughs> breakfast, but that wind, blew the, that wind blew the wrong way. And that smell is like, uh-uh. I told him, I said, you know what? I can't do Because my friend of mine has turned me on to it. And the birds right. did good. Well, I started yep. to feel like, man, why my yard is stinking so much? You know, I'm cleaning it constantly. It's like, why? Even though with the same amount of cleaning, it stunk so bad, I just couldn't do it. I'm like, if you're going to feed them pellets, you got to be out on a farm somewhere. Because sure. that stuff blow mm-hmm. their guts out. But I have seen guys do extremely well with them. So it, 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 and it works, you know, I mean, it works. But that's why I keep it in my keep feed, too. I mean, in my mix. Uh, the pellets right. are in the mix, you know. And I also have, you know, a lot of people don't realize, but I, I use the, the rabbit pellet in my mix, too. And uh, the rabbit pellet is just a, it's just a uh, substitute for grass. You know, if you're, you know, you got something working and, uh like a lot of guys out west in California, they don't have the grass that we have here, you know. Even and Puerto uh, Rico, with everything yeah, being kept I mean, on gravel, you know, with everything right. being kept I mean, on gravel. Yep. So they, it, it works, you know. And then I, you know, you have the calf man in there. It adds a lot of vitamins and calcium and things like that. Then you add right. the safflower and the sunflower. You know, that adds the oil to the feathers and and um and it works real good. Now, on the other hand, I will also a little secret for everybody to help you help you out feather wise. Uh, go get you a, a couple gallons of that. Uh, they sell it at Walmart or wherever you shop at. They sell corn oil. I know everybody knows what corn oil, cooking oil, okay? Um, same and crazy, but I know it works. And and uh, go get your feed, put it in your barrel, and, 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 uh, and you know, a big barrel. So it's got, a, you know, you know 250 pounds, 300 pounds of feed in it. Pour, pour one right. of those over the top of that feed. And right. um, and feed, let it, don't feed it right away because you got to let it soak in your feed. 
And uh, you'll oh, notice thanks. that your your chicken yard, go, I got your roosters are shiny. It'll add a lot of good oils to their feathers. And that's a good right. thing, you guys. Especially as we get later in this year. Um, if you got, you know, roosters out on, on strings and you notice you're getting burnt feathers and things like that. And, and you know, because the heat's going to bring, you know, feather in. But if you if you got to put some corn oil in your feed, that'll help your, your feather health tremendously. Tremendously, um, huh? Well, I mean, you can have a dull chicken and bring them over and I'll, and I'll feed them out. You know, I'll have my yard for a while, feed them with that corn oil in it. And uh, three right. or four weeks, start to see them oil glands working. You'll see them oil wow. glands working. You sure will. You put that that's, shine why on. Keep the, that's why I keep the black oil, sunflower, and the safflower. And uh, and then I add the, the corn oil to it. And, uh, and, I, and I believe in a good feather. Yeah, I mean, you have to have good feather. You right. got poor feathers. Right. You know, I mean, they're brittle. They break easy. You don't want them brittle and break easy. That's exactly right. And that's the reason why it's important to have those good feathers because of that same reason, like you're saying. If they dried out and brittle, it's kind of like they just hollowed out. And, you know, if they if they flat when you're trying to handle them or pull them out the pen, they say, you know, the tips of the feathers start breaking yep. off and all yep. that kind of stuff. And it's that's like right. it's all those little things that you don't realize. You know, one guy was saying to me and I told him to post a comment. Inside of the group, he's like, you know, my birds are, are, are losing feathers. And there's a lot of things that guys understand that that feed, you know, the feed has a plays a huge impact in all the elements of their body. You that's know, right. um, and, and, and that's why it's extremely important to pay a lot of attention to your feet because it even goes back to, like you say, you don't want to raise all these ch uh, uh, chicks and, and don't vaccinate. And then they all start just falling off. And vice versa, you just don't want to try to go out there and feed the chicks the cheapest food that you can feed them. And it's like, yeah. well, why are you even wasting your time? You know, why are you raising 300 and you got to feed them trash or just a bare minimum like it's bread and water when you can just hey. eliminate, you know, half of them or at least quarter of them and step up to feed? Because you'll That's see right. a tremendous difference in the quality. of, And it ain't just the price. Understand the ingredients, not just That's the right. price. Understand the ingredients like you said about the Milo. The Milo is nothing but a filler. I'm pretty sure right. everybody watching this did not know that. So that's something now that we can take back and say, hey, let me look and see how much Milo is in my feed. If you and don't know what it looks like. A lot of people, they'll go buy, you know, I'm not putting no feed names out there, but they'll go buy this high-powered Gamecock mix thing here and there. And, man, they got tons of Milo in that feed. You know, right. they're just boosting their profits. That stuff's a cheap filler, and uh, people buy it, you know, and then uh, – and they'll have to put some to offset it to bring the protein level up because that stuff's really – it's garbage feed, Milo is. It really is. It'll make a hen go to setting quick. Um, if you're feeding a lot of Milo in your feed, your hens will go to setting quick because their, their body's breaking down and they're going to – you know, because the feed's not the quality they need to keep to keep right. producing. That's they a sure good – like I say, that's, that's, that's some good info because I didn't know feed was I, – I didn't know Milo was a filler. I personally yeah. didn't know Milo was a filler. Now there, I know probably, Milo. There's not very little protein value in it, you know, and it, it's just a filler. And most feed companies will tell you they use it as a filler. Um, tell me this, Bobby. I know you're not. I know you're in Oklahoma, but you still have a lot of friends in the Philippines and that kind yeah. of climate out there. Do they feed a lot of corn in their feed throughout the year? <laughs> Man, you know my partner over there. Uh, uh, we feed pellets over there. Okay, I, I, I have seen strictly look, I have seen only on that farm. So all you feed is pellets, huh? Strictly pellets on that farm. Um, we get them sent over from the states over to there. You know, you you say sent over there, but you know when you're 
doing it the way they were doing it and then we're put in by freight and the ships it's it's really not that expensive that way but uh we we see a tenfold difference in in the uh in in the chickens over there just using the pellets just using the pellets huh yeah and then and uh he has noticed a huge difference in them uh performance wise too just using the pellets over there um Wow. He'll, he'll, he'll want to mix in. He'll want to mix in. But corn, you know, he, he'll want to mix in corn sometimes and we'll have discussions about it. And he just tends to change his mind. But, you know, uh, I mean, it's not just one guy. It's two guys. So we'll work together and work through it. Right. 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 Well, well, so let's continue talking about the feed. So you said you don't want to feed your yard feed. Shouldn't be less than a feed that they use in a keep. Correct. Equivalent. Equivalent. I use the same yard feed as I use in the keep feed. The only difference is I feed a wet feed. So I feed a blended mix. You know, it's got fruits and buttermilk and it's got, you know, raisins and bananas. And uh, you can use some oranges and and I put all that stuff in a blender, man. And, um, and, and I put two tablespoons on top of that feed that I just mentioned the recipe to uh, right. on top of their feed. And I mix it in and then I put, you know, some lixotenic the vitamins that I mentioned earlier, I put seven drops of lixotenic on that feed. And, uh, uh, and, and it, while they're in the keep, um, that's how I'll do it. And then, and, and with, I mean, them root, they come on, you know, I see Mr. So, Sylvester on here the other night talking about tomato. It works real good. Buttermilk's your friend. I promise you it is. And, uh, it, 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 uh, it does real good. That, that, that style right there. I learned that style. Um, through, through the, the, the gentleman I mentioned earlier about his round heads here in Oklahoma, you know, and uh, uh, and, it, and that style works. That style of feeding really works. It puts a lot of, I don't know, I'll just use it point blank. It puts a lot of cut in a chicken. Um, okay. And, and to me, if you don't have cut, you don't have anything. I don't care right. how game your chicken is. If you don't cook, guess where he's sitting at? He's sitting in the dead pile. So right. that's right. <laughs> so, no, that's what it is. At the end of the day, gun, he's, he's dead game. He's dead game because he's sitting over there dead. If he ain't got cut, right. he ain't. He, it don't matter how game he is. Right, and, right. Feed, so feeding that, that, that wet mix to me with that wet that wet feed on top of it, uh, moisture brings cut. Remember that, guys. Moisture brings cut, and mm -hmm. um, dryness brings stiffness. You know, you want to reach, reach. Mm -hmm. You have to have moisture yep. to reach. You don't have moisture, you don't right. reach. And, um, right. That's exactly so, right. So you put that Lexotella on there every every seven drops all every day? Every day except for the last three. Every day every, except the last three. Okay. Exactly. You gotta let it you gotta let it kinda you know, you build it up and you just gotta let it level. You, right. you build it up all the way through, then you gotta let it level down and and then uh yeah. And uh, you'll have if, if folks use the method that I that I do um, by the time you're, you're at the show, them chickens is bouncing out of your hand. Right. They're, they're so amped and ready to go, you know, and, uh, believe me, I'm not perfect. I'm not going to have them right every single time, but you know, we've got to do right. our best for them to, to do what they can do. But, uh, that looks so guys, I have used everything. I have used the Equipoise, the Equigan, all them steroids, the injections, the B12, 5500s everything you can possibly use. And, mm -hmm. and I got to a point where I was, this guy was saying, Hey, use this. And I, man, I was getting my butt handed to me. So I said, 
mm-hmm. quit. I'm going to go back to what I know worked for me. And ever since then, I've had no problem. And it works. Right. And uh, you don't need yep. to inject your chickens with everything you can. Somebody tells you to inject it with. It's not going to make your right. your $5 chicken into a $500 rooster. It's not going to happen. That's right. So That's right. And let me tell you, let me tell you the answer to that one just to prove it. Because, you know. That's a hotly contested, and I'm wearing a shirt just so you know. I know you can't see us, but I'm wearing a shirt that says "Say No to Drugs," and it has a rooster on it. Yeah, you probably seen it earlier today. That's the shirt that I'm wearing. And let me. This is my my position on that. You know, and guys can argue with with people about it. To you know, the sun don't shine, and and they say, well, you know, if they wasn't using sports, they wouldn't ban it. And, and listen, I think both sides got valid points, but this is one thing they need to realize. The ones that's using it don't win every time. And they're not always losing to somebody who's using it. That's the, right. end, of the, that's the end of the argument right there. That's right. That's the end of the argument. So that, <laughs> that right. throws the argument out the window right there. I don't care what you say. And I apply that the same thing about people, different perspectives and methods and techniques on doing something. I just tell the younger guys or anybody, say, listen, I hear what that guy is saying, but he does not win 100% of the time. And you I can't. promise you, when he lose, he's not losing to somebody who did everything identical to him. So there is no perfect way. It's what fits your situation. It's a thousand moving parts to this thing. And all you got to do is get one of those things wrong and then throw the whole program off. So the challenge to me is you're mainly competing against yourself. You know, That's because right. I look at it like this. If you don't get that thing sharp and he go in there, he don't win. You know, you say, well, you know what? That was on me. You're right. It was on you. You're exactly right. It was on you. That's you know right. what I'm saying? And if he don't go in there and do, any, do what he's supposed to do as far as on ability level and you like, that's on him. Nope, that's not on him. You pick that brew pin. So that's on you. That's on you. Know, you. So 99% regardless- of it, you're not going to make a you're not going to make a flea market chicken perform at a top level. You know, you're you not, might be elect- you're not going to you're not going to give him steroids and make him hit like a hatch when he was a dadgum banning rooster. You know, you're right. not, it's not going to happen. And that's what they think. They, they think they hit harder. If you want something that right. hits harder, go breed you something that hits harder because you're not going to make right. them hit harder. That's right. Just by that's giving right. And them you know, steroids or something. That's right. And that's why Mr. Sylvester said, you know, the thing why he feels as though they need to be in shape because he wants them to hit harder longer. You breed that's the exactly hit right. in a brood pen, but you, you got to keep them in shape so he can hit harder <laughs> for a longer period of time. You know, you we know? Had a- and, and, and that's. We had a deal today down here, and you know, and I don't, I don't want to say nothing like that, but uh, I've never had a guy. Literally, he tapped out, and then uh, he, you know, and then I was talking afterwards. He said, he said I had no chance, and you were just getting stronger. Right. He tapped out. I've never seen a tap out like that, you know. And it right. kind of shocked me. He right. said I had no chance. You were just getting stronger. And uh, right. I was like, Lord. <laughs> so, I mean, right. but, and that was no drugs. That was brood pen. That's brood pen. Yep. And, and, right. and, and again, that's what it, it, uh, I tell guys that all the time who try, you know, to convince me, um, you know, listen, there ain't really nothing to convince because this is the way I look at it. You got to keep a very, very open mind and understand everybody's situation is different. And don't highlight the one or two times that it done good. But you're not telling somebody about the 30 times that you use it and you didn't do good. You know, it's like a person <laughs> talking about when they hit the picket. Oh, I hit the lotto. I hit that number. I hit that number. I hit that number. But you played a lotto every single day. 
I mean, every day, all year long, and only thing you bring it to my attention is the three times out the year that you won. You know, come on now. It's, it's you know, again, <laughs> just keep this in mind. Regardless of how good somebody say they are, and regardless of how good the method is, they don't win every time. You can't. And the person that they lose to, I promise you, don't do everything the same way that they do. So that means that's they right. was beat by somebody who do, do things different. You know? That's right. That's it. You can't win I every challenge time. That, I, I challenge that perspective to anybody. Oh, do you got 100%? No, I don't. So do you believe every time you lost, the guy did everything identical to you? No, he probably didn't. Exactly. So you got beat by somebody who did something different than you. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> yep. So take what you can take out of it because, I, you know, a lot of times, you know, with these interviews, I think we got to be – these interviews got to be unfiltered information. The information has to be authentic. It has to be real. Or I don't want it to even be spoken because there's so much trash circulating out here in this game. We don't need to add more trash to the trash cycle. That's you know, the truth. That's the truth. Take what you can take out of it. Yep. You know, learn take, and, take learn what and move you can on. take out of it and be – Learn and move on and take That's what it. you can take out of it. Nobody needs an opinion. You know, people always want to post their opinion and say, I don't agree with that. Well, nobody's trying to convince you of nothing. The person <laughs> is just expressing what they do. That's so it's right. nothing to disagree with. I'm not telling you to feed your chickens pellets. I'm just telling you when I fed my chickens pellets, the yard stunk so bad I couldn't take it. So I had to change it. You know what I mean? Right. But I just think, you know, again, anybody watching these interviews, regardless of what stage you're in, you got to keep an open mind. You know, you got to try, always try different things. You know, I had somebody come on. Um, I think it was Mr. Sylvester. Uh, it was uh, James, uh, Jay Riddle. Jay Riddle talking about, like, you know, he he worked with the things that he had that he knows working. But he's always got his eyes and ears open for better ways to do something. Because imagine hey, if you try to do birds like you were doing back in 72. Mm. Hey, no, you can't do that. So many more fish. You can't do that. No, nope, you can't. You do can't. It. If you're doing stuff like you did back then, you're not doing no more because you're getting handed to you. You've got to That's evolve, right. just like just like the sports evolve. If you yep. don't, if you're not willing to change, then the sport will change you. Um, That's right. And it's evolving. And you, if you're not breeding for today's game, you're breeding like you bred thirty years ago. You're 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 not evolving. You're backing up and you're not now obsolete because you're not going to be successful in today's field. If you were breeding like you were breeding back then. Um, that's right. You know, people that's, were looking for them for them. Bill Holt single stroking, hard hitting roosters, you know. Right. Hey, I, I'd right. love to match one of them today because I'm going to whoop his tail, you know. Right. And, and people right. are breeding a, a lot different now than what they bred back then. And mm -hmm. for that reason, because the sport has evolved. You know, a lot of folks right. don't like when the knife came in. They say it'll 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 mess up our our whole game. You know, because everybody was gaffed back then. And you know, right. I don't think I, I think knife has actually helped our sport, mm -hmm. and, and and to the sense to where you have to have gameness and you got to have speed and you got to got have cut and, and you uh, gotta have some intelligence. Yes, sir. You got to have all that. You got to have everything. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, if yeah. you want to call and it so, instinct or whatever you want to call it, but you got to have some right. more instinct, some different instinct. So, I mean, I believe the knife has actually helped uh, the sport more than it has hurt the sport, you know, because they say you don't have to be game to be a knife. But let me tell you what, I've been in some of them drags for a long time on my dad gum. That's factor, a lie. And uh, that, I'm glad that Rooster was gamer good. than me, you know. That's exactly. You know? yeah. So don't tell me that I, I don't have to be game. 
They have to no, be gay. That's exactly right. I'm telling you that right now. And anybody who say they don't ain't seen it because that's I can exactly promise right. you. Anybody you know, who ain't, you know, that, that, it's just that simple. But you know, I want to bring up two points that you made. And, and the reason why I think, I, you know, I, I, I want to bring up these points because for two reasons. Like you said, you got to evolve, right? Because, you know, I get a lot of flat when people say, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Listen, I understand that basis of that concept. But let me tell you something. The rubber tires that Henry Ford used on a Model T, <laughs> we don't use that thing. same kind of rubber. That's exactly it's right. rubber, but it ain't the same kind of rubber. Right. You know what I mean? And today... We got electric cars that's faster with more torque yeah. and last a million miles. Yes. So with that concept, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's the same concept of somebody saying, I'm going to feed my roosters like I did back in 1970. <laughs> the bottom line is this, dude. You got to keep an open mind. I mean, because as far as I know, a couple hundred years ago, people was taking buggies and horses from the East Coast to the West Coast. But I look in somebody's garage now, they got a car in there. They ain't got a That's buggy. Right. And if you gave That's them right. a, a, a horse and buggy, they ain't going to take it. So, guys, believe me, like I say, these interviews have to be very real. And, again, nobody's trying to convince you of anything, but you got to keep an open mind and look at a lot of things for yourself and not just regurgitated information. You know, he made a very good point. He got evolved. Now, he's been using his dome pins since he's been in a sport. But what he going to do? He's going to try the Mexican pins. You know, he's going to try them. He don't know if it's going to work or not, but he's least going to try them. The same thing I was talking to Mr. Sylvester about was the fact that every single cross was an experiment. Every single cross was an experiment. So when somebody tried to tell me, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, then that means you don't have one cross bird in your yard. Because every person <laughs> who made a cross, that was an experiment, right or wrong. Hey, you're, you're dead on right right there, you know. You know, people say pure Kelso and things like that. And uh, I had a I had a conversation today about that. But anyways, pure Kelso, I said, do you realize that there's seven different bloodlines in Kelso to make Kelso? So See? He, he, those were all cross chickens that he lined out to make it a pure family. And that he called Kelso because he's Kelso. So, right. and, and, and then, and then go, that goes on to the sweater, you know, where they added the yellow-legged hatch to the Kelsos to make sweaters. See, you know, that's so, what I'm saying. So, Everything was experiment, though. Yeah. Every and all of those guys who started that, all of those guys who started that, was successful in their own right before they right. before they came on with that experiment. So even if if guys today they should not adopt that mindset because the birds on their yard was created by people who experimented. So if you're saying if it ain't broke, don't fix it, then what <laughs> birds do you have on your yard? Right. Because the birds you have on your yard was a result of an experiment. Right. So you're you know, exactly so, right. And I so, and I like the experiment. I'm a little of a scientist on that experiment stuff. And 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 uh I, I I've been successful with it. So I stick to my science and it works. That's right. That's right. And it doesn't hurt to keep trying, keep involving, because Tonio yesterday from the Philippines saying in the Philippines Every five years, the birds look almost like they're completely different. Like he talked about the off colors, the doms, the bullicos, the, the hennies, and all that. When they first came to the Philippines, they was nothing. They were dangerous until they got hit. But now today, right. they dangerous when they give it, and they they still dangerous even when they do get hit. Because, again, right. you constantly evolving. You got to constantly – and the only way you can evolve, you got to experiment. 
You have that's to try it. stuff. So that's why Don't I'm totally against you. You got to. And I say like this. You know, only person, seek all the advice you want, but you don't need to seek approval. Just seek advice. The only person you need to get approval from is the person carrying those feed buckets. The person paying for that feed is the only approval that you need. Get all the advice you want, but don't never go out there and ask another man or ask another breeder if you should cross a Kelso with a hatch. If you got Kelso's and hatches on your yard and you can feed bill, feed them. I mean, do (laughs) it. Why hey. not? I mean, you're the only person that's going to feed them. That's and the same thing read, as Sylvester said. And, just read, and read, like the history. read the history of it a little bit. There's already hatch in Kelso, guys. You know? See? And, uh, and, and it, bugs, it, it bugs the crap out of him when people call him, hey, is this pure? Is this pure? He's pure chicken, man. That Honestly, right. you want to call it pure. I mean, does anybody really have pure, you know, whatever they want to call it? And, and Mr. Daniels, he hit it on a while back. And, and and I and I totally agree with Jason when he said it about the purity of a chicken. He says, "Man, get off of that and just you know, breed and what works for you and, and call it what you want right. to call it." You know, and, right. and he said it just that's like right. that. And I and I was watching. I said, "Man, I totally agree with him." I mean, because right. to me, that's that's the bottom line. You know, I had that's a guy today. Line. I had a guy today, for instance. You know, he was one of some diamond cutter grays, and then I told him how they. He said, "Oh, I wanted a pure family." I'm like, dude, I mean, okay, Th- that's what they are because I lined them out into a family over 20 years ago. So it's pure right. family, man. I mean, it's a right. pure line bred family, how I that's did right. them like that's that. Right. So, and, and, that's, and, and that's exactly right. And that's what Gator was saying. He's like, when you say pure, and Tammy Shive said the same thing. Yeah. It's like, I'm saying it's pure my line. I'm not that's saying it's right. pure as a what He said, no, this is pure Gator blue face. That's what I'm that's telling you. That's right. pure. I'm not saying right. the chicken ain't got this, this, and that. I'm just saying this was my creation. It's pure yeah. my creation. That's this ain't exactly Freddie right. next door. This ain't Howard's down the street. These are just my pure stuff. So when people say pure, a lot of guys are taking it out of context. They don't mean a chicken is pure. And to me, even asking that is like, that's not really an educated question because it's it ain't not. no pure. No. It ain't no pure. No. You know, so what you mean by pure? Do I want a pure diamond cutter gray? Do I want a pure gator blue face? Do I want a pure Tammy Shives sweater? That's when you say pure, but you can't say I want a pure sweater. Like, what are you right. talking about, dude? You're exa- I, get, I get so frustrated. I and mean, you and I had this conversation before about purity. You know what I mean? Come on. You know, all the chickens, <laughs> all these chickens have derived from the jungles out of Asia, you know? And, uh, and, and and I, I believe you can uh, you can track trace every single damn chicken you eat, every egg layer in the, in the world right. all comes from a game chicken, man. So right. you know, purity right. is in their own right, you know. So I mean, right. it, it's a game chicken. It's a game chicken. That's that's right. That's that's exactly right. You know, and I and I think you know uh, again, these are these are some of the things that really need to be said. And not in a belittling way, trying to belittle somebody. Right, and, right. And, and, and that's the reason why I'm saying it, because, you know, it's not to belittle any, anybody. It's just something to kind of make you think, you know, think about what I just said. You know, it's not belittling anybody, but just to sit back and just think about it in your own home and see if that stuff makes sense. You know, again, right. you got to constantly keep evolving. You know, that don't broke, don't fix it. That strategy doesn't work. And, and I can promise you by looking in your own yard. You prove that that's contradicting to what you said. You know, with the uh, uh, you got more than one bloodline. Even if you got one chicken, he came from more than one bloodline. And that's every right. time somebody tried that cross, that was an experiment. 
regardless right. of, you know, it, it was an experiment. Nobody knew how it was going to turn out. And the chickens that you have today are all a result of experiments. That's so exactly even right. those guys at, at a very successful level that they are, they still never stop trying. They still not never stop trying to create a better chicken to get the edge. And just because they didn't know the scientific terms to it didn't make them stop trying something. You know that's what I'm right. saying? People, well, that's people, why I was trying. That's why in the earlier when I was speaking about breeding and then line breeding, how I like the five eighths, three eighths blend is the best, right. you know, because now you take two different families, you blended them together. So you're looking right. for the uniformity and therefore you're creating your own pure family, you guys. That's you're, right. You're creating your That's own right. pure family, your own That's pure right. family. Not something That's Walter Kelso right. made a hundred years ago or you know, eighty years ago. You're That's making right. your own. That's right. And then call That's it what right. you want to call it. You you can call it the Waffle House chicken. I don't care. Right. You know, I mean That's I prefer right. some Popeyes or something, but uh <laughs> <you> can, <laughs> but uh that that that's just that's just how it is. I mean, uh, uh, breed your pure family for you. Uh, don't that's be right. so stuck on. Oh, this is pure from such and such, and it's pure sweater. It's pure, man. Man, I take a pure crap every day, you know, and yeah, it's pure. Right. But it, right. it, it's uh, <laughs> it's in my eyes, you know. I mean, let's let's get off that. I get so aggravated, and I and I see a lot of other breeders get aggravated. Is this pure, pure, right. pure? Man, get off of that. It's it's a game chicken, and they can fight. That's what you and want. You, know you want what a I game do? chicken that can fight. Right. And what and what I do, like I say, when I go to a breeder, I want his stuff. I don't go there as pure. I say, I want your stuff, the stuff that you bred, the stuff that you created, because right. I've seen it perform, and that's what I want. I don't know if it's pure. You tell me what it is. All I know is, is that stuff I've seen you show, that's what I want. That's you know, it. and and I and I not only want that, but I want something to create that. I don't want just the butt end of it. I want something to create that. You know, and, and and again, I look at it as an investment to buy me some time. I'll pay the big money now from a reputable person to give me something that will save me five years of time and my own experimentation. Because again, yeah. the first couple hatches going to be exactly the way you told me to do them. And once I got enough of them on the ground, then I can start trying to twist them and mix them all up with That's other right. different types of things. Right. But those first couple hatches, when I go by that pair or that trio, the first three years, I'm going to breed them exactly the way you told me to breed them. When I got enough of those on the ground, then I got time to start experimenting with other stuff and crossing them with this and crossing them with that. Because I got enough stuff to keep me busy. You know, I got enough stuff to keep me active. Um, and I know that a lot of times it goes back to the thing where you said about patience. You know, a lot of guys don't have that patience. And when they don't have that patience, they make a lot of mistakes, man. And then, you know, they being here on that non-patient wheel 10 years down the road, they still haven't got to where they want to go because they won't pump the brakes, try something at work, regardless of what it, who it came from. If they say it's working, try it. If it's working, do that for a couple years. Get you enough seed stuff to keep you active and then be doing the research and development. Don't That's exactly turn right. your whole career into a research and development. That's what I see with a lot of guys. Their whole career has been nothing but research and development. Every year you go to their house, they trying something new. They never, <laughs> able, they never take the time to perfect something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, again, you know what I mean? I mean, just think of am I right or wrong? They you're never, exact, they never you're exactly right. I've seen it firsthand myself, you know, hey, this guy was, this guy was, you know, doing good with this. I'm going to try this with this. I'm like, Lord, you you just got to remember what worked for you and stay with it. 
Work, work, and you know what I do? You know what I do? I let them go out there, man, and spend all the big money. And then when they mind change and they want to go do something else, I'm knocking on their door. Hey, man, you want some of them to do that Bruce, that brew pair you got from him? Oh, yeah, I'll go ahead. I don't want him. I don't like the guy no more. That stuff that works. Hey, 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 you're right. Go ahead and sell I'm gonna, to him. Now, I'm going to go hunt same up some, thing, I'm gonna I'm gonna go hunt up some doms. I'm going to go hunt up some doms and, and give them to James Sylvester and see if he'll bring them up. <laughs> 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 I mean, because you know he what he has works, you know. But uh, I think I, I don't know if we should do that. We should take some good, successful doms and bring in some doms, and hey, these will do good for you. So hey, I mean, hey, to me, that's hey. what people do. I don't understand why they do. If it's working, why are they going to change it? You know. But yeah, man, and I, I'm telling you, man, I see it all the time, man. I let them go out there, let them go spend that big money. Get that pair. If it don't go, do good for the first season, they talk crap on a breeder. And now yeah. they had another breeder farm telling me how great that breeder is. I'm like, you know what? Just give some of those chickens that you got from that last guy. I want those and what you want for them. And typically they have price. So sure. you want to get rid of them anyway. Sure. And then I'll take those same chickens. And the uh, only thing I'm going to add to it is patience. I'm not going to do anything extra. Only thing I'm going to add to those brood chickens I just got from you is some patience. And by the time they're ready to show, you're going to be on your third breeder with your, your, your six. You, you'll be on your third breeder and your sixth trio. And I'll be out there whooping your behind. And still you know haven't shown anything. And still haven't shown anything because you're still in the research and development phase. So right. you know, a lot of guys get caught up on a lot of those things. And again, initially coming into the sport, you want everything that you see that's good. You want it because everybody wants to do well. But you got to understand right. that every single breed and every single bloodline has good and has bad. I don't care sure. what nobody say. People say sweaters ain't game. There's some game there sweaters and there's some Dunhills. They say hatches is game. They got a lot of bottom. I have seen some hatches try to fly out the ring. So don't tell me that. All hatches hey, I'll are tell you, game. I got some. I got some of the probably game. That's why I give them to a friend of mine. Some of the game of sweaters you'll ever see. And uh, mm -hmm. and the toughest sweaters you'll ever see, um, right. but I got them hand selected for Mister Bruce, you know, back in the day, and uh, I shipped them to California to a real good friend of mine out there, right. and uh, he uh, they're really pleased with how those sweaters are, and uh, he yeah. said he's not a sweater fan. He said these things are awesome and they are game. That's so right. there's there's good and there's bad, but you just have to pick and choose what you get. Do you have to pick and choose what they get? And the thing is yeah. that throwing that name on there, like I say, this yeah. is a sweater. Man, that thing could be all kinds of chickens up in that thing. You don't even – they don't even know what it is. So, again, like I say, you know, it's good and bad in every breed. That's why I say only thing I add to it is patience because, again, it's going to be some bad ones that come out that brood pair he got, but I'm going to get some good ones too. That's the right. good ones I'm going to get was the ones that he wasn't willing to wait for. They was there. He just wasn't willing to wait for them. And as soon That's as you right. hit a bad streak, it's done. You know, it's like Mr. Sylvester made a great point um, about when he talked about hearing guys say, oh, this thing showed bad at the, at, you know, this thing showed bad. And he went home and called the whole family. He's like, I'm not doing that. He said, why would I do that? You know, why would I do that? And Mr. <laughs> Sylvester was 100% right. That dude's been in the game for a long, long time. I mean, you know, he had access to all kinds of stuff. So, you know, like he said, 
that's the reality part of it. And that's the reason why I like to have guys come on the show and tell the unfiltered information because, you know, listen, I don't have a building full of trophies. I'm not a well-known American cocker. So a lot of times when it come out my mouth, it don't have any credibility. Sure. I say the same thing Mr. Sylvester said. Nobody wanted to hear from me. But when it came out of his mouth, they knew. Listen, sure. the truth is the truth no matter who mouth is coming out of. That's right. You know, I got a story about about the uh, a winning percentage. You know, we was at, I, I believe it was at Springbrook that one year. And uh, that's when Mr. Cur Colonel Givens was still alive, right? And uh, he had a rooster that uh, kind of sold up on, hacked up on him, didn't want to face after, you know, he got cut a couple times. And he was asked right. if they wanted him to kill him. And right. Mr. Colonel Givens said, no, I don't want him killed. And then we asked why. And he said, he said, you guys don't understand something. He just made that rooster could have had an off day or something like that. Right. He said, those right. roosters are winning 76 to 77% of the time. Right. So he had an off day. We're going to get, bring him back and he'll be just fine. And, uh, and that's, that's right. just how he put it. So right. that's another trait. That's what I'm trying to say. We, you know, the traits in chickens and bloodlines, you're always going to have something that's going to come out. Um, 100% game ain't always the truth. 100% game is ain't not always, always there. Well, you know what? Let me give let me give the viewers another example with the, you know, uh, 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 with the gameness and, and, and all this kind of stuff. Do they actually believe every bird in their bird's history was shown, was this, was that? No. Some of those birds in your bird's history ain't never seen a square. He, he just been just he, he never seen a square. He never probably even been sparred. You're going to tell me you want to look out on your yard and, and you pick up that that, you know, whatever it is, that cock or whatever. You're going to tell me nothing in his history. Everything in his history has been shown. That's a lie. That's a lie. I promise you, as long as them birds been around long enough, it's some birds in that bird's pedigree. And just because it ain't written on paper what the tag number was that went to this mom and that mom, it's been some birds. That's been in your your bird's pedigree that has not been shown. It's been some great producers that has never been shown. There's been some ace cocks that produce nothing but trash. This is just the reality of it. It's just the reality of it. It happens. This is how it is. Every great brood cock ain't been in a square. And that's everything right. that been in a square ain't never been a great brood cock. That's just the reality of it. So then, it goes back to that right. mindset. You're, you're right. That's what it is. You know, yeah. so that's why the gene pool is so important to that yeah. predictability. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's, why when when I'm, you, so that's the point I'm trying to make. That's why when, you know, years ago I had a, a good rooster, you know, uh, we showed him 13 times. And, uh, and, and you can trace just about every single Albany I have on this place back to him. And because right. uh, and, he produced that. And then he's also... Right. He produced in there in the pit, and he also produced in the brood pen, and uh, right. and 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 that's and and I, and I, honestly, I started with three trios of those, but you can trace almost everything. Like I said, everything back to him and about six different hens. So see, that's that, how I did and that. See that, that that exactly, and you know that that's another great thing that I look for when I go to a breeder is you know when I went to this one breeder to buy this pair, everything on his yard was all related. So that kind of tells me. If everything on that man's yard is related, these things must be doing him pretty good. You know, I would think he must have a whole a lot of confidence in him if everything on his yard is pretty much related from one way or another. He's like everything on his yard is pretty much related. 
You know, right. they might be distant cousins or something like that, but pretty much everything on the yard is related because I found my niche is working. Yep. And yep. the reason why I'm saying they are related because some of them are a little bit more concentrated than others, but I do it in a fashion to keep them like I want them because they're still producing consistently. And he That's told me, right. he said, but I'll tell you one thing, about 20% of my chickens come out short. They come out a little shorter than I like them. And I have well, more come out web foot. Well, let me tell you. Something. Let me tell you, they ain't gonna come out web foot. <laughs> but he told me that prior to. He said, "Listen, you know the, you know about twenty percent of my chickens will come out short, and I just cull them. But regardless of how many times I cull them, I still will get some short chicken somewhere, you know. And that's it. But he said, I don't throw them all away. I don't throw the whole family away because they have produced a few short chickens. He said that that makes no sense." So he let me know that beforehand. So my point is, is you're going to get some things that you may not like out of that trio or out of that pair or whatever, but you don't throw the whole program away. You know, so like you say, you got one looking, or two If you're looking for something to be tall, you know, good station, whatnot, and you have and you have one or two that, that came out real nice tall stags that you really like, that's mm -hmm. the stag you want to bring back to the mama. You know, and, right. and, and make sure that's that's why you single made as well. But now you're gonna right. the, the, the chances are then you're gonna breed that back to the mama, and you're gonna have the majority of your stags will be good long legged stags, and most of the pullets as well. So then take them long legged right. pullets that you raised also and breed back to the the other side, which would be almost their granddaddy slash you know whatever right. it may be. But uh, and then you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna build the station up in your chicken. So. You don't have to throw nothing away. If you want to, if you want to breed station, find the stag uh, that that's got the good station. Breed it back to the mama, and you're going to produce high station chickens. And uh, and yep. protein and protein in chicks has a lot to do with growth in bone growth. Um, if you're feeding a poor quality feed as chicks, you're not going to grow the station you want to grow. So you need to, you know, right. you need to watch that. You need to watch that, and then uh, uh, you want to fluctuate your protein level. I promise you. If you've got good protein level and you're going to grow some good tall chicks, granted, right. you, hatch them out, you hatch them out early enough in the year to have plenty of growth time. Because remember, guys, as the daylight hours get shorter after the first day of summer, your, your, your chickens don't grow near as fast as they do through the spring before the first day of summer. And uh, right. daylight hours triggers a lot in chickens, mainly your eggs. So daylight hours and, and protein will grow you some taller chicks. Right. Right, 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 right. And I know we probably kind of got, I ain't going to say we got off topic because those are all topics that we should be talking about. Um, because I think it's a lot, you know, it's very, very important because again, the only way, you know, things are going to get better is guys just have to be more educated. And and, and it's right. good to have guys who have been in the game a long time, you know, letting people know you still got to experiment. You got to constantly keep evolving. You got to try new things and, and that kind of stuff. And again, have your seed stock, have your foundation that you know work, but still go out there and try to couple, make a couple little experiments just to see if you can get better. And that's what Tonio was saying yesterday. That you, you know, if you live in the Philippines, you have to keep trying to get better. I'm like, dude, yeah, if you yeah. live anywhere in the world, if you live anywhere in the world, you got to have to try get better. Every, you have to constantly try to get better. If you keep with that, it don't broke, don't fix it. No, just have half your yard based <laughs> on that strategy. The other well, half of your yard is what can I do better to get yep. it better than what I had? Yep, that's exactly right. Just like old Chris Copas won that land world slasher last year, you know, and and uh, I, I, I seen an interview on him one point where he says that 
earlier that the season before, you know, he was getting his butt handed to him, but he changed his things. So therefore he evolved and then uh, got right. the over the Philippines and won it. He won it because he evolved and, and, uh, and, and he was right. If you don't change, you know, you're just backing up and you never go forward. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. So tell me this. And I just, you know, you got a lot of questions in the comment section, but we over the two hour mark. <laughs> we owe, we're about two, we're about two hours. Yeah, we I'm trying. Have, we Kano, over two I'm trying. Hey, no, you you don't beat them now because we over two hours, man. <laughs> we over two hours. But listen, it's a lot of it's a lot of questions in the comments section that you know when you get a chance. So if not tonight, tomorrow, something like that, you know, um, it's a lot of a lot of questions as far as you know what birds, what you know from different parts of the world, what brood stock, breeding stock do you ship to them, and all of all those type of questions. And you can get in the comments section and 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 uh, you know answer that type of stuff. But just um. You know, we kind of covered everything. We covered, you know, how you select your brood, you know, your brood stock, you know, your incubators, how you do your your your, your biddies, you know, um, your, your stags, how you pin them, what you pin them in, how you got your pin set up in. Uh, we talked about pretty much everything. You know, as far as your cocks, I mean, you know, is there any additional stuff that you would like to talk about as far as you know we talked about the stags all the way up to the stag you know getting them pinned up and and that kind of stuff let's talk just a little bit about the stage from the stag to the to out do you use tie cords basically okay i'll leave stags in the stag pin and um you know i want them up bull stag before i even think about putting them on tie cord a lot of people like to put them on tie cord early um, I like, I, you know, I gotta have spurs, you know, I don't like, uh, uh, a stag getting on a tie. I've seen many, many people places and, you know, their, their spurs are all going this way and that way because they left them on the tie court too early or put them on too early or left them on never swap legs. Right. And, uh, so, and I also, I do not trim spurs until they're coming cocked in, you know, like the December before they're turning two is when I trim a spur. And I say that to a lot of folks. Um, they say, "Why? I, you know, you take the chance on them hitting you, whatever. Yeah, if they hit me, I'm gonna hit them. They'll give me pig feet. But mm -hmm. the thing is, I like to let that spur grow out before I even cut it, and it'll give you an idea on a natural spur what the spur looks like. Because when you go to an American show, and these people got daggum jaggers, you know, this damn long. Right. You know, why don't right. you look at a rooster's natural spur and um." and see how it's set, then you kind of get you an idea on how your spur set or your knife, where, you know, it'll help you out in, in that aspect. But um, but going back to pins, I'll leave them on until their spurs are good and hard and, you know, a good, you know, inch inch and a quarter out before I even put them on a tie cord. And then I like to rotate tie cords. I won't leave a, a, a cox in the same area um, because, you know, guys, uh, chickens are very territorial. And uh, um, if you move your cock, your cock works himself. Um, mm -hmm. Use that use that a little bit of advice in your keep also. That will help you tremendously in your keep because a cock will work himself more than a, pe a person can mess up a cock. And I say right. that because more people mess them up than they help them. Um, That's right. But rotation, a cock will work himself. But I rotate them cocks as much as I can on the yard. After they get onto the tie cord yard, I rotate them. Um, I'll, I'll go out there and I'll, I'll get 10 or 12 this day or 20 or 30 this day and move them to a different spot. And, and, uh, I right. just do that, you know, and, uh, right. 
you, you wouldn't know it as fat as I am, but I'm pretty active out there. And uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, surprisingly, uh, you know, I, I put in a lot of effort and time and hard work, right. blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, I promise right. you, I got cut up hands and everything from chickens and and everything right. else. But I wouldn't have it any other way. But um, but definitely, I put stags on once their spurs get long enough and hard enough to get out there on a cycle. Don't put them on there early, guys. You. It, you might be a knife fighter. Who cares? You got your right spur looks like crap. Whoop de do. You know, right. put him on the when he's old enough to get on there because if he gets on there too young, them bones aren't mm-hmm. set, that leg's not set, and he goes to yanking right. on it. You know, yeah. you, you're going to yeah. create something yeah. there that you may not see, but I promise you, it, it's irritating him at some point. Um, That's right. You know, so let let him let him be a stag. Don't rush him. Don't rush him. That goes back to right. being patient. That goes back to being patient. Yeah. And uh, and believe me, uh, pins. Pens are a whole lot easier and take up a whole lot less space than a tie cord yard, you know. Gotcha. Granted, they're not. And, and then, and going on to the tie cord yard, guys, get you a damn tie cord that is six to eight foot long. I go to right. people's places and I see these three foot tie cords. I understand you're stretched on space, but you're better right. off putting your rooster in a four by four pen than you are in that daggum three foot tie cord. You're gotcha. you're not hurt. You're hurting him more than you're helping him. You're not letting them move around. Me, myself, I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate enough. I have got plenty of space, and I use an eight-foot tie cord, and um, uh, and 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 I use them, and I, I promise you, and they run that whole radius of that eight-foot radius around. They run it, right? And um, and and I know a lot of guys. I used to use a lot of barrels. Um, I don't use barrels anymore. I like teepees. Um. TPs keep the, the feces off your fowl. They roost better. They're not sitting on top of a barrel, you know, laying flat. Um, especially when rain comes through, then you got crap all over your dang rooster. Uh, I like the right. TP a lot better for that aspect. Um, I was fortunate enough in this town I live in that uh, the trash service, you know, they have all these old 96-gallon trash containers. Right. And I got them for free. And uh, I laid wow. them flat. Fill them full of sand, and let me tell you what, you guys, you, you think I'm crazy, but uh, and believe me, when you're going to building teepees or barrels, whatever it may be, it's a right. lot of work. Then when you're dealing it with as much as I'm dealing with, when I get I right. get two hundred of them dad dozen trash cans for free, and they still keep right. coming, and right. they are the best thing I have ever had. Everybody comes over to the place and says, "Oh my gosh, I never would have thought that them things are nice." And uh, wow. I feel full of sand. They can get in and out of the weather, and they roost on top. Their tail feathers hang off the side. I'm like, Lord, wow. I just got lucky. Hey, find your local municipalities, and uh, hey, what do you do with your old trash cans? Because 99% of them throw them away, you guys. They throw them away. They put them in a landfill. They'll be more than happy to give them to you because they don't have to pay to get rid of them. And, uh, right. and, and, and those actually make the best damn rooster houses I think I have ever had. And they're plastic. They're not going to rot away or nothing. So I got it right. out in the yard and teepees and I got so many daggum garbage cans too. And hey, they work just the same either way you look at it. And, 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 and I'm pleased with them. And, uh, right. The, and, and the shelter wise for the winter time, them trash cans right. work a whole lot better because, uh, them roosters try to get in and out of that snow or wind and freezing rain and, and them teepees, you know, and they can't do it as good as they can in that trash can. And uh, right. and them trash cans are a whole, whole lot better than barrels. 
I mean, no, that's well, you know what? That, that's some good information. And you know what? If you can take a picture of one later sure. on or whatever and put it in the comment section, this way everybody can see because sure. that's a very good idea. I never thought about that, but you're right. Go to your municipality. They probably yeah. are. Th everybody throwing them things. Municipalities yeah. all over the country throwing them things away. Because you know? they'll have and, a little uh, crack or something like that in them and they can't use them because their machine can't pick them up. But they're right. still fine. They're still, they're still structurally sound. Yep. So you can That's, use them just That makes fine. a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes a lot, a lot of sense. Yep. So and believe um, me, when you're dealing a whole lot and then and you don't have to build those, man. You just flop them down. Right. They still have the wheels on them. I can pick them up and move it if I wanted to. I just took the lid right. off. That's all I did. And the, That's right. That's right. Them things are great, man. Some of the best things I ever did. And everybody loves them that comes and he says, Man, I need to find me some of them because the, yeah. they, they work That's great. A good idea. Yeah. Right. Nobody, nobody never even thought about that. Nobody have <laughs> yeah. never thought about that. That is crazy. Yeah. And you're right. Municipalities throwing them things in the trash can. They throw yeah. the trash cans in the trash can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they are. So they are. what, one last thing I want to talk about is, is, is the dubbing. You know, when do you, we talked about, you know, getting the stags out there on, on a tie course. So when do you do your dubbing? I did the dubbing the same time I cut the spurs for the first time. It's usually in December. Um, I let them mature out completely. Um, so they're bull stag coming cock within a, a month or two of coming cock is when I dub. Um, and it, 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 it's harder on the straight comb foul, which is, you know, they, they tend to recover. I might lose one maybe, but it's rare. It's rare that I do. But I believe in letting them. I mean, I see a lot of people on the six month old stag. They got them dubbed, you know, come on, let it, let it mature out. Let it become a chicken. And then, uh, and and the I dub and I dub uh, when when they're December before they're coming caught, uh, right. and that's when I do it. And that and that's when I I let them grow all they can grow, spur, um, and and then uh, combs the same way. And then then uh, mm -hmm. December that's when I go to work. And it's cold in December here in Oklahoma, but that's right. when I and that's when I do it. It's not like it when I was down south, you know. Hell, right. you had to wait for it to be cold down south to do it, you know. So you, you right. You, do it on the dark moon, you know. Uh, I believe in the old uh, farmer's almanac. On the dark moon is when you castrate. So castrate's the same as a as a dove because the blood's down on a dark moon, and um, and you, you'll bleed a lot less if you if you do that. Yeah, that was my next question. So mm -hmm. that that that's what I was going to ask you. Do you use the almanac and that kind of stuff? And yeah. so that's what you do. That's the concept. Well, well I, was I tell that you way, what, and I believe that way. And and it has worked for you since then, hasn't it? Oh, it's worked my whole life that way, and then I would, I'm not gonna, I wouldn't change it for anything, you know. Right. But uh, if, right. if somebody's got a better idea, I'm always, I'll listen, and, uh, and I'll try it. And if it don't work, it don't work. If it works, it works. That's you know? right. I'm not that's, a. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Share that's, your that's exactly information what it's all about. with me, and I'll share my information with you. And you know, and uh, if I can learn, and I and, and believe me, I watch 99 percent of these shows. You know, I might not catch them when they're live, but I watch the videos. Right. And, uh, I've learned a lot. I mean, and I pay attention because believe me, I've been in this all my life, and 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 right. and I don't know everything, and I don't claim right. to know everything. And uh, right. but I, I try to learn every day. If I learn something new every day, I've done something good. And that's I what know I that's right. Do. Don't exactly. be big headed. Don't be big headed, guys. Remember that. Don't be big headed. Humble yourself mm -hmm. and learn. Hey, a young and young and just came into the sport. Help him. But he could help you too, because he might know something yep. you don't. Right. So exactly. And, uh, exactly. Just remember that. That's you know, right. You don't know everything. You may you may think you do, but you don't. 
You sure don't. You got that right. You don't know what you don't know until you realize what you don't know. That sounds confusing, but if they listen to it over and over again, they will understand it. I'm telling you. That was something that was taught to me a long time ago. And I was like, hmm. He's like, exactly. (laughs) Ponder it. He said, ponder it as the wise. And I ponder it for years. And I was like, now I know what he was talking about. You don't know what you don't know until you realize that you don't know it. That's like, right. Good God Almighty. That's, so, that's why I said that at the beginning here, what my granddaddy used to tell me as he's pointing at his head like this, he said, you better start using your old asshole. And uh, <laughs> he's telling you, he's telling you to think, think about it. Right. You know, if you, right. he says, I don't care how smart a man is. If he doesn't have the ability to think he's an idiot. And that's how, that's how old time, that's him talking to you like that. Yeah. And, uh, Yep. And he said, think. He says, you don't have to be a well-educated man, but you have to have the ability to think. If you can think, you can do anything you want to set your mind to. You got that so, right. That's so the truth. That. That's the truth. Well, Bobby, man, this has been a great evening, man. We are over the two-hour mark, so you beat El Chicano out. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Arthur. <laughs> you beat El out, but man, this was an awesome interview, just like all the rest of them. And like I always tell everybody, you know, take what you can take out of it. The rest of it, just keep it moving. And uh, it's a lot of information. Again, as y'all guys realize, as you watch these interviews, everybody do something different. All of them are successful in their own right, but all of them do something different. Most of them live in different places. So hopefully you can take bits and pieces of all these interviews put it all together and make a great, great program. Because again, I was telling Ms. Sylvester or one of the other viewers that if they would just take the information from these interviews, you can have somebody come into this sport, just constantly watch these interviews and he will pretty much have answers to everything he need to have an answer to coming into this sport. It is hundreds of years of information and hours and hours and hours of interviews from all of these different people, from all different walks of life, big farms, small farms, you know, large farms, mid- medium-sized farms, all different parts of the world. Everybody does something different. And again, I think whatever question you may have, if you watch these interviews, I promise you, you'll find an answer to them. So again, I greatly appreciate you coming on tonight, sharing all of your information, your years of experience. There's a lot of comments um, you know, a lot of comments or questions in the comment section. If you can get to them today, tomorrow, whenever, address those comments, that'd be great. You know, I'm pretty sure some of them you're going to want to answer. Some of them, again, guys, if y'all came in in the middle or halfway through the interview, it'd be best to always go back to the beginning of the interview and watch the whole interview because some of the questions y'all guys are a- asking, uh, Bobby has already answered. So that's the reason why I'm mentioning that some of these, he has already, uh, you know, answered some of these questions that we have, uh, in the comment section. So, um, but again, Mr. Rogers, greatly appreciate it. This is Bobby Rogers from Diamond Cutter Game Farms located in Oklahoma. He's on Facebook. Y'all guys can reach out to him. He's going to post that picture of those, uh, of those, uh, trash can, you know, cock house or whatever you want to call it. What he used, he's going to post that, uh, in the comment section so I can see a picture of him. Y'all guys know how to get in touch with him. Y'all can definitely reach out to him. Y'all don't have to contact me to contact him. Y'all, his information. <laughs> yeah, you do. Contact no, him. No, don't no, contact no. me. <laughs> my, inbox, my inbox is full to the rim, full to the gizzard. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, again, Bobby, it's a pleasure, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you came on tonight. 
you know, we all learn something. I learned a lot. I can say I learned something, you know, about the dubbing, the the incubator. I mean, it, uh, the, the 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 vitamins that you use, the the thing about the uh, brood. You know, all of this information. I learned something from every single interview, every single interview, and there's stuff on there that I don't think I'll be able to apply. But there's a lot of stuff that I think I will be able to apply. But the sure. great thing is, I got a lot of answers to a lot of questions. Even if it doesn't apply to me. I learned the answer to a question. So that's one of the great things about it. But have a good evening. Yeah. Have a good night. We'll be talking to you soon. Don't forget to get in that comment section and, well, and, and get after in there. Post that picture if you can. Guys, I'll also upload this interview up to the YouTube channel, Journey to the Pit 362 University. And it's called that because it is hundreds of years of information from successful breeders on that YouTube channel. I do not see all the questions that y'all guys message me. If you took the time to go to the YouTube channel, Journey to the Pit 362 University, and took the time and watched all these interviews, you will already have the answer to the question. So, right. again, Bobby Rogers, have a good night, brother. We'll be talking to you soon, and thanks again for coming on to the show. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Love y'all. Be good out there. Stay game. All right. All right, take care, man. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. All righty, guys. That was Mr. Bobby Rogers from Dimer Cutter Game Farms out located out there in Oklahoma. It was an extremely good interview, just like all the rest of them. I'm pretty sure y'all guys learned something from this, as y'all do from the other ones. He's not, he's not, and just like any other guests are not on here trying to convince anybody to do anything. So it's not about agreeing or disagreeing. It's just a bunch of unfiltered information that gives them an opportunity to give back, gives all of us an opportunity. Y'all guys know my phrase. Each one teach one. We need to take an active role in creating and creating the next generation, providing them with the information that they need to better the sport, to create better birds, improve the birds that they have and create all new things. So, again, guys, I appreciate you all guys hanging in there and watching and joining us tonight. Tomorrow we takes off on Sunday. Uh, we will not be doing the interview tomorrow, which is on Sunday, but the interview will start back again on Monday. And uh, y'all can go to the Journey to the Pit page, scroll down. You can see the whole schedule. I posted the whole schedule about who's going to be interviewed per day. So you don't have to message me about it. Just take the time. Go to the Journey to the Pit fan page, which you're looking at this video right now. Scroll down and you'll find the schedule for the rest of the people that we will be interviewing. Again, don't also forget to go over. I need y'all guys to go over to Journey to the Pit 362 YouTube channel. Like the channel. Watch all the interviews. A lot of interviews on there that y'all guys haven't seen. Watch all those interviews and do me a big favor. If anybody can do anything for me, share, share, share. Share this interview. Share the YouTube channel. That's what y'all guys can do for me to help me reach my goal. My goal is to educate one million cockers from all over the world. And the only way I'm able to do that, if y'all guys help me out and share these videos, share this information. Because it's somebody on your page, in your neighborhood, or something like that, that can use this information. Don't hog it up. Don't keep it to yourself. Because the special guest that's coming on here, they're not keeping their information to themselves. They're sharing it with you. So pay it forward. You share it with somebody else. So have a good night. I'll be talking to y'all guys soon. God bless y'all. Stay focused, stay positive, and stay safe. And we'll talk to you. I will see y'all on.